0: Log Talk Radio. It's time to
1: strap our boots on. This is the perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of us.
2: conservative conversation, although sometimes I feel like more of a libertarian these days uh, than a conservative, especially since uh, I got an email from a so-called uh, conservative uh, politician, a you know, representative here in my district. Uh, and I'm going to read his email that I received from him uh, last week about a Vaccination, uh, the you know, a bill about going against the vaccinations mandate, and I'll be reading his response in its entirety, uh, on tonight's show. I'm definitely going to get some comments on that. So, of course, I still do consider myself, you know, a conservative, but I mean, after what he said, and you'll, you'll hear it later, that. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. They they might have forced me out of my my conservative – I I don't want to say that's not a bubble, but I'm saying (laughs) at least how I see myself, because maybe it is going to be more libertarian now than than it would be conservative. But anyway, uh, what I've been doing lately is, you know, trying to spreading the fight against vaccine mandates – and so Bart's logic is joining as I stated the stopping vaccine mandates by not just the government but by the private sector and we're going to talk more about that because uh, I believe that we can no longer accept republicans hiding behind their claim that they are quote free market oriented republicans and as a conservative re- republican generally reluctant to have government interfere in the affairs of private enterprise. And I took that straight from uh, the email response that I'm gonna read uh, in its entirety later. Now, when the private sector adheres to the recommendations of the government, such as Biden's on businesses mandating their employees to get vaccinated, to maintain employment, then Republicans must interfere, and so so should we, we the people. Uh, So Bart's logic encourages you to join with groups in your area, and your locality, reach out to your representatives, if they haven't co-sponsored or sponsored or supported a bill to basically make illegal forced vaccinations, in order to keep your employment, then reach out to them. Join those groups. That—that's what your host here has done. That's what I did last night. We're working on having a a meeting of sorts. Uh, well, we had a meeting to talk about a uh, a workshop on educating people on how to obtain vaccination exemptions, whether those be religious, whether those be uh the medical we're going we're going to work on get some of those folks on the show I'm not, I've reached out to a number of people who were going to have a, an event hopefully here in my locality uh and then of course hopefully get them on to the show as well. Um one of the things we're going to talk about tonight others who are trying to fight against this uh you know, covid vaccination imposition. Uh there there was a story of these three state troopers who resigned their positions uh due to their part and, you know, there were fake COVID vaccination cards. Um, now, of course, you know, the, they're going to be looked into for their part that they played. But my question I pose, yes, what they did may have been illegal. But one thing I'd like to explore tonight is, yes, you know, just, it may what they've done may be illegal, but we're all familiar with, uh, you know, People doing you know doing things. Look at the '60s. You know there's, You know all you know citizens. You know standing up. You know against uh, unjust laws and things of that nature. Um, you know uh, what do they? Uh, there a term that they even use that they you But one of the things we're going to explore is: are these troopers? Are they villains? Or are they heroes? Um, that's something I want to discuss tonight. Uh, and we'll get to that article, and we'll get. To the response from that representative, uh, give you a little background on that. Then I'll bring folks in. I got you, Stephen. Uh, with the chime in? And then uh, you, Joseph. We got others. Push one on your number dial. You're ready to be coming to come into the show. I'm sure, we got plenty we could talk about tonight. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna get to that that arc. When I just lost lost my train of thought. It's been a it's been a long week. I tell you what, I'm uh. I'll be honest, your, your host here is exhausted because, well, I went to the hospital the other night, too. I'm not going to get into a lot of details on that. Um, but it's the first time I've been in a hospital for myself in 10 years. So, <laughs> but anyway, we, we're we not going to go into a lot of details. So uh, let's go ahead and can bring that back. Let's go ahead and bring uh, Steve into the show. Steve, uh, thanks for coming to the show. How are you? Uh, you are with us last week. You heard our, our guests, uh and uh, Mandel, Josh Mandel, I you know, like a lot of his answers towards the end. They, they seem kind of boilerplate. Uh, let's you know see if he does get in the Senate. You know have him come, you know have him come back in the show, and it's not until 2022, so I'm sure. And he said he'll come back, um, but you will know, we'll, you know, But you know, well we'll see we'll see. Uh, but anyway, so uh, how was your week?
1: Better than I deserve, Bard. And uh, I can imagine I'm probably coming in real clear. You know, you can hear me very well. And uh, so, yeah, it's a good week. Um, corporate offices and corporate headquarters, uh, what they plan on doing, um if, if the laws in America start to get very crazy, they're just going to move to another country within three days. They're not going to tolerate uh, the BS from American politicians of hardcore tyranny. Uh, so the corporate offices that, the corporate leaders that don't plan on doing that they already have armed security guards for rich people right now going on but they're not going to tolerate it they'll move to a different country in three days and and so that's kind of what this is coming down to bart is if we don't get enough men to stand up for the situation and make look our look at ourselves uh relocating especially me to like a country like mexico because they have wild freedom down there man you know, there's only so much we can tolerate. If enough people don't stand up, you know, if America's gone, you know, hey, we've got to, we've got to go to the country where freedom is still um, being displayed. They, they don't have max vaccine mandates in Mexico. They've got wild freedom down there. And so, um, and people, I know you guys are thinking, you know, uh, that the cartel crime is that crime is higher in Mexico than the United States. That's far from the truth. Total crime is eight times higher in this country than Mexico, so don't believe the propaganda. Uh, look into the stats yourself. But if you lose freedom, you're going to have to relocate to a country that has it, because uh, I don't know, Barry, If we have enough men that are willing to stand up for what we believe in, uh, what, what, what say you? Well, I
2: think we're going to. I think we're going to. I think we're going to find out in short order. Uh, you know, again, I, I'm. I've been, you know, some active in campaigns. I've been active, of course, you know, with the show, I've done, um, you know, been part of protests, things of that nature. But, I mean, this is something I'm very passionate about, forcing people to take these vaccines. And when I was younger, I mean, I'd be, I'm, not, I'm not an anti-vaccination. I wish we can trust our medical, you know, you know our, our medical industry. But I, at this point, I don't know. I don't know if they're just afraid. Of the dictates of the government, is there a part of you know a part of it I, I don't know. I wish I did, but i don't have the trust in our medical industry that I once did i mean i don 't have the trust in our government that I once did, so unfortunately, you know a lot of trust has been lost, and now whether we have enough people to stand up i I think we do i mean, I think that I think it's going to bubble over. My hope is, and I think this could happen, is I think these people may have awoken a sleeping giant because people, they just don't. I mean, you have the hospitals that 30% of the nurses are talking about walking out because they don't want to be forced to take a vaccination. I just heard from my brother, whose wife's in the medical field, where she's working, they're going to force them To get vaccinated, even though in her profession, she's able to work from home. She doesn't even have to go into the office to do her job. But yet they're still going to try to mandate her to get the vaccine. So, uh, I mean, it's it's important that that we get people together. And and this is in Florida, which I was surprised to hear that these people might be able to get uh, get this to occur in Florida. I thought Florida was one of the states, you know, you really didn't have to worry about it. And as I get more reports from there, hopefully I'll hear some, some good news. But, again, that's why we mm-hmm. need to, yeah, we, we need to join, you know, we need to get out there now. I mean, because I'm, I'm telling you, I'm starting to think that they know there's a good chunk of the population, and then I'm going to bring in Joseph in after this. I, I think that people who are planning this, I think they know that a good part of the population is just not going to stand for it, and they will allow themselves to, you know, to not work. There's probably enough people who's, you know, saved up enough where they can take a a year or so off, uh, and and they'll quit. I mean, I spoke to a lady last night, two years from retirement, uh, and she, you know, she's not working right now. She's uh, works on an airplane. And but she's been you know working uh, trying to you know promote people to get information about you know the exemptions, trying to work with your local legislatures to create, uh, you know the, your state legislatures to create these uh, anti enforced vaccination bills, which in Ohio here it's it's been um, it's been stymied. Uh, of course that probably doesn't surprise anyone. But what's going to happen is I think that these people. Are purposely doing that to use this once again as a ploy to hurt the American economy. So if you have 30% of the workforce decide they're not going to go out, they're not going to get the vaccination, so they're not going to work, could you imagine what that's going to do even for the medical field? But let's go ahead and bring in Joseph, and then we got Kelly um, to chime in after him. Uh, thank you very much, Jason. Good to hear from you. How are
4: you? Robert. Sorry to hear about you uh, not feeling well. My my prayers and wishes are with you. I know how that feels. Uh, I had a pneumonia due to COVID-19 a few months ago, so I was in the hospital. It wasn't fun. And uh, it is I, truly I, I
2: appreciate it. Yeah, I wasn't in there as long as you did. I was only in for a couple hours or something. but
4: uh, it's, it's, it's,
2: But anyway, so, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. But I luckily, I appreciate. was only
4: there for a couple hours, too. I was lucky they didn't have to um, keep me. They just uh, put me on an IV and gave me some steroids and discharged me with the right medicine. So luckily, I didn't have to stay over. I'm not too keen on hospitals. I don't think anyone is. But I also want to emphasize what a privilege and pleasure it is to be on your show, People Show. I've been on this show for a long time, and uh, it's the best show uh, podcast I've ever uh, partaken in. And uh, I yeah, want to so tell you – oh, absolutely. It's the people's Show. And uh, I thank you uh, for your sacrifice, especially uh, being tired and not feeling well. You still, uh, you still um, conducted the show. So uh, hopefully you get a much well-deserved rest after the show. But uh, <laughs> one thing it. the Democrats are, um, are great at is psychological warfare. Mm-hmm. How do I know this? I started out as a blue dog Democrat during the Clinton era, uh, so I worked for both sides. Uh, back when uh, the Democratic Party once believed in closed borders, believed that the marriage between a man and a woman, uh, you know that the, the, the sanctity of marriage was between a man and a woman, uh, was actually the party uh, that was uh, an ally of Israel. Uh, so, you know, different times, different, different era, One thing the Dems are great at is psychological warfare. And you got people who are feeling hopeless and they believe that there is no hope for tomorrow. And they've given up. And they're saying, they're waving the the white flag. Oh, there's no way we can win. Uh, Everything that's going on, they're just going to rig it again. It's not going to work. And let me tell you something. Anyone who feels that way, congratulations to the Democratic Party. They have just won another major battle in this war. Because for as long as they can convince people that there is no need to fight because there is no chance in hell to save our country, they have won another critical battle. And they have prevented another person from continuing to fight for our country. And I've said this on this show for a very long time. Psychological warfare. They're great at it. Let me tell you something. Hell needs to freeze over before I'm going to stop fighting for my country. Because I will not let our founding fathers, I will not let our colonials who bled and died against the British Empire to seek sovereignty, I will not let all of the brave men and women who have worn our uniforms, who sacrificed their lives on the battlefield so that future generations such as us can continue to enjoy America as the greatest country in the world, as the land of the free, as the home of the brave, as the only constitutional republic in the world, as the free leader of the world, peril will need to freeze over before they can psychologically convince me that there is no chance in hell in fighting and therefore i should wave the red white flag no way jose 81 million americans votes were stolen on november the third the biggest presidential rig in history and let me tell you something when power is stolen the outcome is never positive if you look throughout history the Bolshevik Revolution in Russia, the Nazis in uh, World War II, uh, the, the uh, Japanese Empire in World War II. If you look at regime change in 2012 by getting rid of Qaddafi, which, which only created a vacuum uh, for ISIS, whenever power is stolen, it's not meant to be, the outcome is negative. Make no mistake, power was stolen, and Biden has been in charge, well, at least so they say he's in charge, but we all know that he's just a puppet, and there's other people that are calling the shots. We just don't know who, but make no mistake, he is seven months in his presidency, and right now he is ranked as the worst United States president and the worst record in history where do i begin anywhere from the the border crisis to afghanistan to inflation to going from president trump to being energy independent for the first time in history to not becoming energy independent to our enemies iran north korea china russia being emboldened where 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 there's a whole litany And we're only seven months in. Ladies and gentlemen, if you love your country and you love anyone you've ever cared for and continue to care for, the worst thing you can do is to stop fighting. Because if you stop fighting, you ensure that there is no future for your children, for your grandchildren, maybe for your wife, maybe for your husband. You ensure that there is no future left if you stop. And then, ladies and gentlemen, the Democratic Party has not just won the battles, they have won the war over my dead body because I'm not in this fight just for me. I'm not in this fight just for my loved ones. I'm in this fight for the future generations that will come long after the good Lord takes me. As future generations before me bled, and fought, and died, and that's the reason why I'm alive, you're alive, Robert, and Stephen is alive, and everyone else who's currently breathing air in their lungs are alive, and I'll defer back to you, my good friend.
2: Well, I just got an article here from Twitter on the Hill. It says, and this is uh, today, earlier today, and then we'll bring in Kelly. I can't believe I'm seeing this in America. White House signals new COVID-19 measures coming for unvaccinated Americans. It says President Biden will announce on Thursday, so tomorrow, new steps in his administration's, we know it's a regime, right, folks? administrations COVID-19 response that involves testing, mandates, and school measures depending on a person's vaccination status, the White House said. White House press secretary Jen Psaki told reporters Wednesday that the new components would affect people across the country. "Quote: There are six steps the president's announcing. There will be new components," Psaki said. "Some of that will be related to access to test, access to testing." Some will be related to mandates. Some will be related to how we ensure kids will be protected in schools. The president indicated last week following the jobs report, which he's getting ready to destroy, by the way, jobs, that his administration is looking for ways to make it safer for kids to return to school and for workers to return to the office. How about let people return? How about people work from home as they have? Pisaki said... More will be previewed Thursday when the components are finalized. There will be new components that, sure, will, of course, impact people across the country. But we're also all working together to get the virus under control to return to our normal lives, she added. Biden's upcoming remarks, you know, blah, 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 it says, it says when asked if the new steps will affect America's lives, Psaki said, It depends on if you're vaccinated or not. You want to talk about discrimination across the board in America? And I put this on Twitter as a response to to that post. The Biden regime will be the one most resembling the Third Reich than any other in American history. Fascism, folks. We have fascism in America. It's here. It's here. Let's go yeah, ahead and sir. bring in Kelly. Fashion, fascism is here in America, and of all and of all the presidents that the Democrats try to say we're like Hitler, they try to compare Trump to Hitler. They try to compare. You know, Bush to Hitler. No other president in our in our American history since World War II has resembled Hitler more than Joseph Stalin uh, Biden. Go ahead and bring in Kelly. Thank you very much, Kelly, for coming to the show. How are you?
3: Hey, um, I think it's time to quote Forrest Gump. Tyrants are as tyrants do.
0: Yeah, there you, know, you stupid. go.
3: Stupid is as stupid does. Tyrants is as tyrants do. Anyway, um, you've probably heard of the wildfires in California. It's hard to breathe. This is crazy. Uh, 4.30 you look up and the sun is like it's at sunset, you know, orange. And um, we got the Gavin Newsom recall next Tuesday. And hopefully we'll have this management of money for the fires, all sorts of problems. But I did want to discuss, um, and I sent it to you by email, Robert, um, questions for your employer. For those employers that are trying to mandate that you get vaccinated, as in California state workers and medical industry, um, in front of our supervisors here in Siskiyou County, a nurse was explaining that a third of us are going to quit But this is what's required. We want the supervisors to send a letter to Newsom to stop the mandate. And our supervisors are listening. It's very encouraging. Um, But this nurse said in front of the supervisors, we're having a tough time right now meeting the medical needs of the community. A third of us quit, and it's going to be ugly, a very difficult situation. And so anyway, there's that up in Oregon. See, I'm working with a group called the COVID-19 Research Team. Uh, Dr. Ely, uh, doctors, lawyers, uh, nurses, coroners, scientists, fire etc et um, And they're really uh, putting out some good information. One of them is a 15-question questionnaire for these mandating employees or employers. And they've had a success. They've had um, there's a healthcare system, you know, kind of like a chain of hospitals, if you will. 300 nurses hit their um, hospital staff, uh, the hospital administration with these 15 questions, and the goal of these questions is informed consent. If you're going to require us to get vaccinated to stay employed, then you have to provide to us informed consent. Well, the hospital administration uh, realized they couldn't properly answer these questions. And so they said, okay, you don't have to be vaccinated, but take the PCR test twice a week. And they're like, no, we're about to quit. And then they compromised. Finally, uh, they worked on a a spit test, I guess, once a week. The spit test is for testing antigens. There's an antigen test and an antibody test. And they're willing to do that. So they're going to be able to keep their jobs. 300 nurses, which I think it's really uh, fortuitous. You have the name 300, like the Spartans 300, the movie. 300. So they stood up and they're making a big mm -hmm. difference. Yeah. So questions for your employer. Here's one of them. Uh, Are you required to disclose any? You are. It says you are required to disclose Any and all potential conflicts of interest, including public and personal investments in the pharmaceutical companies manufacturing COVID vaccines? Also, have you received any type of federal funding? Uh, uh, I have a right to medical privacy if I elect to get the shot. will my right to keep my vaccination status private, be honored. Who is liable if I get injured or I am unable to work? How long will it take me to receive injury compensation so my family isn't left out in the cold? Will my consent to get terminate my life insurance policy or any benefits I may be entitled to during my years of service to this company or government entity if I'm injured or killed by these vaccines still in clinical trial? Um, If I'm injured, how do I ensure a healthcare professional reports my injuries to VAERS, Vaccine adverse Event Reporting System? Um, Which federal laws prevent me from suing vaccine manufacturers in civil court? Well, uh, will the shot protect me against all variants? Uh, Can I still get COVID and transmit the infection even if I'm fully vaccinated? There is breakthrough, by the way, People get the shot, they're still getting COVID. And also, um, there's studies that the people getting vaccinated are actually spreading the disease. Um, Let's see. There are many peer-reviewed scientific papers supporting the use of monoclonal antibodies, ivermectin, vitamin D, C, A, zinc, and hydroxychloroquine. What treatment options exist should I elect to use my civil right to refuse this inoculation? And the biggest thing on this document, it's got some advisory points uh, at the beginning, and one of them is do not quit. Make them fire you. So, and then what's freaky about Oregon because Dr. Ely and his team are mostly in Oregon. Um, they've, the lawyers have played legal trickery. And in this document that he's put together, Dr. Ealy's also an attorney, so an attorney and a doctor put this together. And they've had success, but one of the things they're advising is do not quit. Number two, do not use their forms. Do not use the hospital's forms or if you're a state employee do not use the state forms because what they're doing the attorneys have stated um, they've used word trickery there's exemption with an M and there's an exception so they prepared these these forms that are exceptions it's a legal trickery it's a subtle little thing that a lot of people miss um, so these, these nurses are using religious exemptions with an M versus exception. Well, some of these people have signed these forms of exceptions to which a class action lawsuit for a bunch of people getting fired, the case will be dismissed, thrown out, because they filed an exception form. I can't believe how tricky these people are. Um, so there's some victories there. Um There's Oregon firefighters and police got together, and they're suing the state, you know, this beloved Kate Brown, the governor there. So it's encouraging to see people fighting back, and even here in in Siskiyou County, California, we're right on the border of Oregon here. And seeing these protests and these people getting together, and they're standing up against this, and we've motivated the supervisors. I mean, this is going on all over the country where people are um, fighting back because they want to keep their jobs. I mean, they have a life. They have family. They have kids. And um, they're also... The state of Oregon is looking at hiring nurses from outside of the state to replace those that are going to probably be fired or quit. And they're giving them a $10,000 signing bonus I mean, this is ridiculous. And so what's going to happen here, because this is a big issue all over the country, this is going to go to the United States Supreme Court. There's going to be lawsuits. And this this will be listened to by the Supreme Court, because when you have the same issue all over the country, they let one of these cases go to the Supreme Court. They compile it really in in, in the mind of the court. They're they're compiling a a nationwide issue in multiple federal districts, and then they they hear a case, and then they're going to make a ruling, and hopefully um, the Supreme Court will rule correctly that it is discrimination to fire somebody who was not vaccinated of their own free will. Um, and it'll take I don't know Another month or two To get through to the courts but This is ridiculous By the way I've been Rather sick The last week Finally getting better I'm not at 100% I keep having to Take yeah, naps we're all more we
0: up Aren't we frequently. guys <laughs>
3: Yeah So And we've had a Increase in COVID numbers Here in Siskiyou County And uh, Drove by the hospital Again to try to get or at least consider if they have any type of uh antigen test, that's the spit test. But there is no testing there in the hospital. It's full, the parking lot and the side street. Um and I'm obviously not a high priority because I've used my natural immunity and zinc. Some friends brought over some wonderful things to help. Um, and uh But it's been an absolutely, I've never had this sickness in August. I mean, a fever, wake up put a pool of sweat, aches everywhere. I don't know if it's COVID yet or not. I hope it is, which is amusing. You are like, hey, this guy wants COVID. Yes, I want to be tested positive so I can say natural immunity. And if I get into a situation where um, that shall be vaccinated, I can pull out my natural immunity card from a doctor. Yeah, he's got the natural immunity. And, by the way, a study from Israel, which I had time to dig it up and go into details, a study from Israel indicated, uh, well, it compared vaccinated versus unvaccinated for the variants. You got the Delta variant and then from Africa, I guess there's the Mu variant. Well, there's going to be the Epsilon and then the Lambda and then the da-da-da-da-da variants. So who feared better against the variants? Was it the vaccinated or the unvaccinated? The report from Israel, the unvaccinated are able to tackle the variants a lot quicker than those who've been vaccinated. So this is all going to come to a head eventually. But I think I agree with your point. Somebody's trying to shut the economy down. Mm-hmm. I mean, what if what, what, what happens if a third of the workforce is not working. And I've heard in New York, uh, six, uh, two out of three are not getting the jab, the injection, the shot. Um, and so what happens? When, I mean, this is a good way to shut down our economy.
2: And I think that's um, part of their ploy, to be honest with you.
3: Well, you've heard of the Absolutely. Cloward and Tiffin plan, haven't you? hmm Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, as two professors got together. They're avid socialists. The Cloward-Piven plan. Um, they want to rebuild America, build back better. They want to rebuild America as a socialist country. But their plan is: you first have to you have to destroy America economically. You destroy America economically, then you rebuild it under socialism. It's called the Cloward-Piven plan. Uh, Glenn Beck went into this quite a bit of details several years ago. Um, I mean, if your ideas are so great, wouldn't it, out of the gate, and and, and it should emerge over time, prove its merits and you keep growing and you keep growing? I mean, who thought about having a relationship with a girl where you beat her down and you ask her to marry you? Uh, That doesn't make any sense. So if, it's, if, if this socialism is so good, you should be building and building in a positive way, and it's received by the people, and it should be attractive on its own merits. You don't destroy a country to rebuild, with, but that's what they're trying to do. And so it's frustrating. How, how are we going to get through this, guys? How are we – do you guys have any thoughts? How are we going to get through this? How are we going to overcome this? How are we going to get our economy up to roaring speed again?
2: Well, look, I'll, I'll answer that first, and then I'll, then I'll bring it to you guys, uh, you know, Stephen, and, the, or Stephen uh, and Joseph, is that one is, again, reach out to find out who, if you, you probably already do, but for those who don't, find out who your local representative is, your local state representative. Also find out if you have any of these vaccine mandate uh, bills, you know, anti-vaccine uh, vaccine mandate bills going out. If you don't, see if your representatives can, you know, sponsor one or co sponsor one and, and write one, get it in committee. Start now. Okay. And then if they you do have a bill that's going through the state house, you know, read it, see if you can support it and then reach out to your representatives to see if they can co sponsor it and get it. And then you'll probably have to reach out to the governor because you have to make sure that the governor, like here in Ohio, we have a governor that's a Republican that doesn't like the anti-vaccination bill, and you probably wouldn't sign it and probably would up having to get vetoed. So it's definitely an uphill battle, but if we have enough people to do it, then, and I wish I had Jim on tonight, because he was going to give us an example last week about a college, I think it was Marquette or some other college, that was talking about, and maybe, maybe I'll, I'll look this up because I was hoping Jim could uh, call in and talk about it, is uh, a college that was you know, saying we we're going to mandate vaccinations. Well, 100 parents, they didn't do a class-action lawsuit. He said a class-action lawsuit could be thrown out by just one judge, and that's it. But he, they had like 100 different lawsuits coming out that, that college, and according to Jim, they, they rescinded, you know, they rescinded their their mandate. And so those are the type of things that we've got to do. And, and, and look how they're doing it. First, they're, I mean, first they're, they're going to start in the hospitals and doctor's offices where they're going to make their people do it. And they're, then they're going to start doing it in the, you know, try to do it in the schools. And then eventually they're going to try to get it in all industries, even industries where, like, for instance, uh, industries where people could work from home. It was like, if you could work from home, why would you have to get vaccinated? You've already proven for this past year that you don't, you know, you can work from home. You don't have you don't have to be around the soul to do your job. But go ahead, uh, go ahead, Steve, and then uh, we'll bring it over to you, Joseph.
1: Uh, absolutely, uh, just like Barr said, contact your representative, and um, uh, the same bill. I think, I don't know if it was South Carolina the one that vaccine mandates by an employer is illegal. Florida and Texas has something like that. So that person that happened in Florida, they need to be looking, talking to an attorney and filing a lawsuit because my sister said there's millions of people moving to Florida to the point that rent is just going higher and higher because people are moving to Florida to take advantage of the laws against the vaccine mandates that the employer can't put in place. But guys, I have very, very bad prophecies of police in the future, body slamming Americans and vaccinating them, that police and military all over the world is going to force the vaccines on these people and um, that if they, there's going to be home invasions they're going to be confiscating Bibles and confiscating guns and if they catch you with a Bible automatic death sentence I mean some real dystopian prophecies for the future of and America just turns into a Nazi nation. Uh, that That's the ultimate prophecy that I've talked about for weeks on this show, that uh, America is going full-blown Nazi, and there's other areas of the world, because it, it is a one-world government, but it's going to take time to spread that system throughout the world. That's going to take time to spread it. Right now, we have less freedom than Mexico, believe it or not, outside of the concealed carry gun laws that they have in mexico and outside of the gun law mexico has more freedom than americans do I mean, you just have to be honest with yourself on the situation and if there's so many rhinos and there's so much money and uh, it's kind of like well, you may have to just treat the situation like a nuclear weapon is just slowly getting close getting closer and closer And if enough people don't stand up, don't man up, don't call a representative, don't get involved, don't buy a bullhorn, then you have to look at nations that have more freedom than Americans. Look at the holistic people in Japan. Last year, what did Japan say? We have a constitution. We cannot lock down. That's what the Japanese people told the world last year. We cannot lock down because we have a constitution. These are the type of countries we need to be looking at. There is no vaccine mandate in Japan. There is no vaccine mandate in Mexico, but they're putting it on people that live in the West. It's a targeted agenda, and
4: uh, fellas, go ahead and respond to that for me.
2: Go ahead, Joseph. I wanted to bring you in next.
4: I'm sorry, Stephen, but I have the facts, and I'm going to have to disagree. Number one, Mexico is the second country with the highest kidnapping rating and their politicians and government are run by the cartels who are mutilating and hanging people's limbs from the bridges. It is one of the most dangerous countries on the planet. It's a third-world country, and the cartels have complete control. The government has no control of the cartels. Uh, neither do they have controls of the coyotes crossing the borders. So they may not have lockdown restrictions, cartel. Uh, law, and uh, that's, you have Mexicans who are living in utter utter fear and, and, and chaos, um, so it's, it's not what, it, what, it, what it's, uh, it's not all that it uh, seems to be, uh, in all honesty, and in all honesty, um, you know, I get it, I get it, you know, people are scared, and um, people fear for what, what tomorrow's going to bring, and I get it. And, and, and Robert, you, you hit the nail on the head. Yes, we are slowly evolving into a fascist, socialist country. But the word is slowly. And that's where we are the next line of defense. That's where Americans who consider themselves to be patriots and nationalists, and to be honest, the word conservative is subject to interpretation. I like to consider myself to be a populist.
2: Yeah, I've always called myself that, yeah.
4: Correct. I used, to, I used to take pride in saying I was a conservative, but now I don't even know what a conservative is, is anymore because there's so many subjects to interpretations. But I know that the last person who governed as a populist had the, had the best record of any other president in history – That would be the rightful president, and once again I call him the rightful president, Donald J. Trump. Make no mistake, this is the darkest period of time in America's history because this is the first time that the Democratic Party has ever espoused socialism or communism. The one commonality that the Democrats and Republicans and even the Whigs always had was fighting socialism and fighting communism. We always agreed on that until the party was hijacked in 08 by Obama and just continued to become more radical and radical and more to the left and evolved into being a party who espouses socialism and communism. And the sad part is I bet Democrats like FDR – Uh, Grover Cleveland, and yes, even Harry Truman, even JFK, even LBJ must be rolling their heads in their graves and saying, I never thought I'd see the day that our Democratic Party would espouse socialism and communism. That is why 2022 is extremely pivotal. The only way to make the Biden and Harris regime, Elaine Duck regime, is to make sure that Republicans, yes, I know I hate the word, but the lesser of the two evils, take back the House and take back the Senate. But we need to back more candidates like Marjorie Taylor Green. We need more like-minded people who think on the level of President Trump if we really want to elect. True populists and conservatives, not more McConnell Republicans, not more rhinos, not more elites, not more establishment. And then in 2024, I am really confident that our rightful president, Donald J. Trump, will pull a Grover Cleveland and he will run in 2024 because more than ever he knows that his country needs him. And he's making a big sacrifice because if you thought he was a target during his first presidency, wait till you see what's waiting for him for his second. And I remind people all the time, our country's enemies, foreign, abroad, or domestic, they hate Trump because of his love for our country. They are enemies and are critics. They loved Barack Obama, and they continue to love him for his hatred and disdain for America. And Biden, well, the left and the right are both condemning him. So in comparison, he makes Jimmy Carter and Obama seem like Mother Teresa and the Pope, and that's no hyperbole. And we're only seven months in. So fight, we will fight. Choose and pick when to fight your battles. 2022 is around the corner. That's why Dems are freaking out. That's why they're ramming in all this radical legislation. It's kind of like when Obama rammed in the so-called Affordable Care Act. He did so because he controlled the Senate and the House in his first term, and he rammed it in, and and he paid a price. The Tea Party movement rose, and they took – Republicans took back the House in 2010, and they took back the Senate in 2014, and they made him a lame duck president for the rest of his term. And so Democrats are ramming everything through because they know they're going to get shellacked. Republicans well, we hope overwhelmingly take back the House and the Senate. Robert, I am confident and, I, and I'm going to tell you why. So you have people who are saying, well, what if they rig it again? What's to stop them from rigging it again? Okay, there's a big difference, and I'll tell you why. I'll lay it out. In 2020, when Trump was contesting these states and the illegalities and the legal battles, he did not do it with the help of the RNC because McConnell Republicans and the they didn't want Trump around anymore. Why? Because Trump spoke and told the truth. And remember this, promises made, promises kept. He kept the majority of his campaign promises in his first term. He did everything to drain the swamp, everything that the establishment, people like McConnell and Romney, despised. So because they're not the brightest bulb in the bunch, even though they portray to be, they thought that somehow getting rid of Trump, they would resume power. And somehow, even though Biden and Harris spelled out exactly what they would do if they came to power, they somehow in their delusional minds thought, oh, they're just saying that, but they're not going to do that. Are they that naive and stupid? So they collaborated with the Democrats in rigging the election in the sense that the RNC is in the Republican Party and the Democrats are the two most powerful parties in this country. But the RNC wanted to and the chairwoman wanted to. They could have deployed all of their assets and resources and legal teams in all the contested states but they chose to stay silent and neutral. What did they think was gonna happen? They allowed Biden and Harris to steal power by doing nothing. And now they see how dangerous of a decision that was because they see that the Democrats are doing everything so that they are a one-party system. To convert this country into a one-party system and to make the Republicans an extinct species. They have finally woken up. So this time around, the RNC realizes that unless they have their eye on the ball and they don't get 2024 right, they will become an extinct species, and they don't want to lose power. They're power hungry. They're not ready to lose power. Heck, they threw our rightful president under the bus, just so they can have the power that they, want, that they had prior to Trump being elected to the first term. So the RNC has already made it very clear that they are ready to deploy in all 50 states and during the primaries and all territories the full might of the RNC resources and legal teams to ensure that the election is not rigged because their survival depends on it. Not because they love our country, not because they love their constituents, not because they're trying to make a wrong into a right, not because they appreciate what the rightful president has done for our country, but because they're looking out for their own survival, human nature. To me, I could care less what their motives are. As long as that's going to be the case, the election can't be rigged. Not when the most second most powerful political party has their ball has their eyes on the ball and is willing to put the full weight of the party and deploy their legal teams and resources anywhere they see fit. So now the Dems have a microscopic lens on them this time around and I assure you I have faith and confidence in my country that we will not get to be like the Nazi regime, that our country will go on and it will see better days ahead of it. We will continue to be the land of the free and the home of the brave. This constitutional republic that has lasted for 240 years will not turn that direction because half of this country, 81 million Americans, who on November 3rd of 2020 voted love of country, voted for nationalism, voted for America first, voted for President Trump, voted for promises made and promises kept. Oh, we're going to make sure that we take back the House and Senate in 2022, and we're going to make sure that Trump wins in 2024. I pray that Trump chooses DeSantis as his VP. And I will say one more thing. On August the 13th, they are going to introduce one of the most seen mandates in the state of Hawaii, a state that has great significance and symbolism to me, Hawaii, where I used to live prior to moving to North Carolina when the economy toppled because of the stringent lockdown measures last year. On the 13th, if you do not produce a COVID vaccine card, you can't go to supermarkets, you can't go to your pharmacy, you can't go to malls, you can't go to retail stores, you can't go to bars. You're basically a prisoner unless you get out and move on to red states that don't have these lockdown measures. Not only are these lockdown measures unconstitutional, But the commonality is they're all being implemented, for the most part, in blue Democratic strongholds. My words, Robert, the Dems will rue the day they ever did this. Because when we take back the House and Senate and trump the presidency in 2024, they will be held to account. I defer back to you. Well,
2: a few things. One is – yeah, I'll give uh, James and then I mean sorry James. I have I've I've been talking to so many James lately, it's unbelievable. First we'll get to Steve <laughs> on your comments on that and then Kelly and then I got an article I'm going to uh uh bring in and then we'll uh we'll
1: go from there. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah. Um, I was walking around the canal and talking to different people. And it's just, it's almost like I don't see the urgency. I don't think people really care. You know, people keep telling me, oh, you've been getting vaccinated since you were children. You'll live. That's the problem is we have people that think it's just a normal day. Get your shot and comply. Be a good boy. Be a good pet and you'll live. And so when you come to them with the urgency, it's almost like there is no problem. This is for security. This is for safety. Stephen, you don't understand. This is about uh being responsible. And, and and this I just don't get the urgency and that's that's you know, uh, the brainwashing is, I mean, it's excellent. I mean, they did a real good job. I mean, they really did. They planned it very, very well. This is very well planned and executed. Also, check out the 900 pages because, yeah, Dr. Fauci was lying. Um, and to expect the mainstream media to talk about it, I mean, you know, that's not going to happen, guys. <laughs> that's not going to happen. But uh, go ahead, guys.
2: Go
1: ahead, Kelly.
3: Well, um, I was actually reading the Japanese Constitution. <laughs> I know you've been uh, accusing me of being a constitutional scholar. And they have a lot of good things here in the Japanese Constitution. Of course, we gave it to them after World War II. Um. But I don't know what their vaccine rate is, the vaccine rate in Japan is. I'm going to guess it's pretty low. Um, It's pretty mind-blowing, the protection of their liberties. And I would bet that um, the Japanese never saw anything like this before, where there's so much of their freedoms are respected. But anyway, um, let's see... I wanted to jump into
2: another well, topic. I a at breaking, the end. Um, hold on, Kelly. You got a breaking thing I've got to play here. Um, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to mute my mic. I'm going to do- check on something. Then I might have to play this thing here. Um, go ahead.
3: Oh, While well, you're getting that set up, okay. Um, All
2: right. So, true the
3: yeah,
2: true the vote
3: did a stunning sting operation nationwide. It came out last week. And uh, what they did is they, in six states, um, Arizona, Texas, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin, uh of the ballots out of Texas, and they're, they're quite huge. But they set up, uh, you know, with these ballot drop boxes that were funded by, you know, Big Tech, Zuckerberg, whatever. These ballot drop boxes put all over cities and counties and such. Well, they got their cameras. And, oh, what do you know? Uh, People keep showing up and dropping off ballots. They're stuffing the ballots in the ballot drop boxes. Uh, Easily several hundred thousand in Georgia. And they set up metadata, which, which is tracking based on people's phones. And for some reason uh, where well, they're mentioning how could they be tracking people and where their routes were as they travel with their cell phone. Um, they actually This is actually available data that people can buy to determine where people travel up and down through different about drop boxes wherever you're going in a town. And they use it mostly for marketing information. But they have a picture here of one person. They tracked his location from his cell phone. And he went to 27 individual ballot drop across six counties, and so um, they also uh, noticed that they they there was organizations. So these people go to these organizations, grab the ballots, and then they go to these drop boxes and drop them off. Um, they're busted. So through the vote turned this over to the FBI and other local authorities. Um, Some of the camera quality wasn't so good, uh, but they did, you know, where they had good cameras and good lighting. It's like, oh, gee, look, this guy, he was just in another county at four different drop boxes. Now he's in this county, video that he's doing drop boxes here. Oh, and then he goes to this organization to pick up more ballots, and then he goes out and is running again. I've got this map in front of me where he's going across six counties. They've got it looks like a satellite photo with green and then there's roads and, and, and county lines imposed. You can see where he went from here to there to over to there to into another county, crossed the county line again, red for where he's doing the drop boxes and where he's stopping. I mean this one particular individual that they have, this guy was very, very busy. Um, days before the election and probably on election day. Um, but through the Vote came out. This was on Breitbart last week. They've got them. <laughs> They've got them, and they got uh, petabytes, which is I don't know, bigger than gigabytes, uh, of information on, on these people and tracking them. So it seemed like uh, if somebody didn't have too much money and they wanted to make a ton of money, we'll um, see. This guy had twenty-seven. Get the calculator out here. So let's say he did twenty-seven locations times a hundred drops at each one. Because you don't—that's twenty-seven hundred ballots. You don't take twenty-seven hundred ballots and just dump it into a. Uh, ballot drop box he spread it out throughout the town, so if he made uh, let 's say ten bucks per per ballot that 's a quick twenty seven thousand in a few days and what I heard from a um, I'm trying to remember his name right now oh but China has spent a lot of money on this election, and so money's pouring in from China. And it probably ended up in the hands of these people. Ten bucks a ballot. I mean, and then
0: it's
3: frightening how severe um, our elections have been manipulated with and, and ballots for stuff. And what they were doing is whoever was doing it, because, you know, obviously if China's funding it or other nations hostile to the United States, for their own economic interests, having Biden elected, um, they'd have to be smart about it. So what they pro- what what they were doing was they were looking at voter registration and voter turnout. People that didn't show up to vote, they just you know what do we have? Maybe twenty five, thirty percent participation nationwide as far as the elections. A lot of people just don't vote. Well. It's, You look at the voter registration to find out who did and who didn't vote. Oh, these people didn't vote. Well, we're just going to print up ballots for them and get them to the guys in the field who dump it into the ballot drop boxes. Uh, Do you think it was an accident? Uh, Do you think Zuckerberg, he was one of them, uh, that funded these ballot drop boxes all over the country. Do you think that was an accident? Oh, I'm just going to be a nice guy. Or was it orchestrated? I'm wondering when are we going to have something huge happen that a bunch of people go to jail for this because this is how we can lose our country to foreign influence. It doesn't mean necessarily we're going to be invaded but if 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 country are elected for the financial advantage of China and other countries, well what's going on here? Isn't this called treason so anyway, I just thought i We'll see what people's thoughts are on on this,
1: uh, what True the Vote did. You know what a banana republic, the automatic qualification for your country, being a banana republic, is a stolen election. That's an automatic banana republic country. Whatever country it is that has a stolen election or the votes are not counted right or the votes are rigged, that's an automatic banana republic um, in the dictionary, automatic qualification. So we're living in a banana republic. That's just the facts. I hate to say it, man. It's the facts, man. We're living in the banana republic. You know, it's just evidence is right there, man. You know, evidence is there. Japan is looking looking better and better day by day. The issue is it can take 2,200 hours to learn the language. You know, it can take a long time to learn how to speak Japanese, but, man, it's just... Go, go where you're wanted If you're not wanted here Then we have to have plan B I mean I have a feeling next year in America could definitely end up like Australia To me Australia may just be the beta test What do you guys think about that? Well Australia
3: Has a weak constitution
2: Compared to ours um, well, it's amazing what it's amazing what's going on there. Hey, real real quick, we got a Skype caller. I brought you into the, the green room to get your name. I uh, didn't hear anything. Maybe you stepped away. I'll be trying uh, back uh, in a few moments uh, to get your name. We'll get you into the show. Uh, basically, what that audio was—it's real short. I don't know if I'm going to play it, but basically, it's you know Biden right in front of a bunch of people, and he literally says. Uh, he says, I'm supposed to stop and walk out of the room here. He's basically telling them what his instructions are. It's hilarious. I mean, this isn't the only time that's happened where he's like, yeah, I'm not supposed to take any questions now, and he leaves the podium. Or, okay, this is where I'm supposed to leave, and he leaves the podium. I tell you what, this guy is announcing to people his, you know, his, what his handlers are telling him to do. It's, it's amazing. And then if you hear the people, you know, in the room, they're all chuckling. Here, what the heck, I'll play it uh, real quick. Um, you, I don't know if you'll be able to hear it well, but, but let, let, let's see. It's kind of, it's, it's kind of funny.
0: Career. you've educated me, you've brought me along, and uh, you've, uh, you've always
1: been there. Now, I'm supposed to stop and walk out of the room here.
2: I'm going to stop. your
0: permission,
2: I'm going to walk into the room because I want to say a little. Thank you. But did you guys hear that? I mean, it's like, it's unbelievable.
4: I actually heard it clear. I heard it better than when you had that audio problem a few weeks ago. This one came out crystal clear, Robert. Um, If I could add something, I don't see us going down the road of Australia. Um, Australia since COVID uh, hit in March of 2020 and it kind of did the, the domino effect on, on different countries. They, have, they started since March of 2020 with their uh, lockdown on constitutional measures in Australia. So they started this ahead of the game. They had a, uh, a head start. I definitely don't foresee us uh, in any way, shape, or form like Australia. And the only reason why I say that is because we kind of have the same conflict that led to the Civil War of 1861 to uh, 1865. Um, and, and we do in the regards of back then you had the southern states that uh, wanted to keep slavery because it enabled their uh, – Uh, commerce and economy to profit, Uh, and then you had the union that did not want the confederacy or the southern states to secede. America today, it's blue state, red state. So you have all these lockdown draconian measures in the blue states, so you have people fleeing kind of for amnesty as it's kind of as as they were crossing uh, an alternate border. And to the red states where they get to seek freedom, Uh, Texas, Arizona, um, South Carolina, uh, South Dakota, Florida, Mississippi, Alabama. And so I think the red states is what's keeping America from turning into Australia versus in Australia, there's no such thing as a sanctuary. There's no red state that the Australians can run to. It's not like they can go from the Gold Coast to Sydney and there's going to be uh, a certain area or portions of the country that are going to have less stringent lockdown measures and more opportunities for the economy to flourish. You see, the Australians, they don't have that luxury. Thank God in the United States, and as Stephen brilliantly illustrated at the beginning of the show, basically that's what everyone is doing. Basically people are fleeing from blue states, and they're seeking sanctuary in red states that don't have these Crazy lockdown measures and, and are completely against uh, forced vaccination, and that's all I have to say on on that. And I'll defer back to, to you and uh, to uh, Kelly and Stephen.
2: Well, real quick though, um, I did try once again to get uh, our Skype caller in. I'll let they stepped away. I'll try back in a little bit. Uh, but I do want to get to this this article and kind of get people's take now. Uh, I'm going to make this disclaimer: is that I'm not promoting people to do illegal things. I'm not supporting people doing illegal things. I'm not uh, motivating, inspiring, inciting anything people to do illegal things. But this article here, uh, and you can find it at the Bards Logic Newsroom at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. Go to the newsroom page. You can find this among many articles and videos says, three Vermont state troopers resigned after scheming to create fraudulent COVID vaccine, uh, COVID-19 vaccination cards. The FBI, the FBI is now investigating the former troopers. It says, three Vermont state troopers resigned after they got caught in a scheme to create fraudulent COVID-19 vaccination cards, the Vermont State Police announced Tuesday. Sean Summers and Raymond Wachowski resigned on August 10th, one day after another trooper became aware of the alleged actions and reported them to supervisors. The Department of Public Safety then began an investigation, leading to David Sindel's resignation on September 3rd. The FBI is now investigating the case, as the trooper scheme could be a violation of federal law. The accusation in this case, quote, the accusations in this case involve an extraordinary level of misconduct, a criminal violation of the law. And I could not be more upset and disappointed, Colonel Matthew T. Brigham, director of the Vermont State Police said in a statement on Tuesday, quote, if these allegations are proved to be true, it is reprehensible that the state troopers would manipulate vaccination cards in the midst of a pandemic. When being vaccinated, it was one of the most important steps anyone can take to keep their community safe from COVID-19. Summers and Wachowski graduated from the Vermont Police Academy in January 2017, where Fendell joined the force in January 2014. The Vermont State Police cited the ongoing investigation, uh, cited the ongoing investigation, and declining to comment on what exactly each trooper did. It only seen that they are, quote, suspected of having varying roles in the creation of fraudulent COVID-19 vaccination cards. The FBI did not respond to requests for comment Tuesday. And then blah, blah, blah. Now, here's here's some of the comments, and then we'll get to our, our panel here. For one, I mean, they don't even say what law they might have broken. Somebody puts one in here because um, there's some type of seal. But anyway... What, what One of the comments I wanted to get to was about the FBI is now involved, right? And the FBI, this is a local case, and the FBI is involved. Um, and uh, let's see. Oh, I'm just trying to go down the comments. We're basically like, oh, well, the FBI is going to investigate this, but, you know, they're not going to investigate, you know, what was really behind, like, January 6th instead of, you know, all their lies. Where is that? Um, but anyway, I'll, I'll look that up, and I'll get it to Now, my question tonight to folks is villains or heroes? Now, again, I'm not saying you should break any laws, and according to this article, they're not really saying that they did. They're saying they could have broken a law. I mean, it didn't say whether they did. Uh, they just they resigned, I guess, because they're you know being investigated. But their accusations, their allegations, uh, it sounds like they don't even know if they broke a the law. Um, but my question to folks is, villains are are heroes. Now, the reason why I brought this up, I, I kind of meant it seriously and tongue to cheek at the same time. And why I mean that, mean by that, is you had. George Floyd, who is a guy who sticks a, a gun to a female's belly, a pregnant female's belly, who was a drug addict and criminal, a real criminal, and he's held up as a hero by you know certain government entities, government uh, officials, um, in others. And he's held up – I mean, there's even a statue of this guy, right? So, I mean, if a criminal like that could be made into a hero, my question is, is why not these guys? Let's, let's say they broke a law. We know George Floyd broke a law. Well, if these guys broke laws, why can't people make these guys into heroes? Maybe, you know, uh, you know heroes of sorts. So, I mean, what, what do you think? Uh, what do you think, Steve? I mean, could maybe these guys could be on the, on the flip side. Maybe these guys could be the, the heroes of, you know, fighting against uh, the COVID vaccination mandate, or the COVID vaccination passport. Again, it's not saying that they, you know, it's not saying in here what, you know, what law they may have broken. Unless, unless I, I, I didn't read it. I didn't, I didn't read a law. So if someone suggests, what a law could be in the comment section, but it doesn't say it anywhere in the in the article. And if if they don't know if they even broke the law yet, why is the FBI involved? Go ahead, Steve. And
0: because
1: yeah, it's it, it's a federal law. Yeah, it is a federal law. The thing about it is though, protest is protest. When you have to put, you know, these cops cannot easily be replaced. That's the big thing. About them is that they're not easily replaced, especially in an atmosphere where you have riots and um, cities like Portland and Seattle wanting to literally completely dismantle the police force. And those police officers are not easily replaced. So it's a bluff. To see if they'll comply with the vaccine mandate, but they're not going to be firing any police officers because they're extremely difficult to replace. I don't think anybody on this radio show would want to replace their jobs. They're, they're low paid or middle paid, but those they have job security. They just need to ignore the bluff because they're not going. To, I highly doubt they're going to be firing any police officers. And did you see what they did in Georgia near Atlanta in the suburb, um, one of the richest (laughs) suburbs of Atlanta? I think it was Bankhead. For whatever Hmm? reason,
2: these guys end up resigning.
1: Yeah, yeah. They're going to face federal charges because the Biden administration. The federal government is making examples out of people on, like, uh, doing fake vaccine cards. They've been bringing federal charges on that. And so, yeah, I've seen this in the past where they had fake vaccine cards. And they were charged federally for five years in prison, but the thing is, that's ridiculous. Is you, you you have to have it though. You it's it's called protest. I mean, if you don't have resistance, there is you see know what I'm saying. The opposite of what they did is total tyranny. If you don't have anybody resisting and everybody going along with the program, so you still commend people. And and that's the thing about. Um, you know, civil. We're almost at the. We're almost at the beginning stages of civil war, is the way I see it. We're at the beginning stages of. It. I agree. But at the beginning stages, you have public mistrust. You have people not following laws. That's a part of protest. That's why you'll see a thousand protesters go to jail for a day, or you know, um, pepper sprayed or hit with rubber bullets. Why? Because it's a part. of. It's a part of the protest, man If it's not done, if we make it all convenient for them They're going to do whatever they want to do You've got to make it inconvenient for them You've got to do things that they don't want done um, you, If you make it convenient for the Democrats yeah, They're going to do whatever they want to do man. That's just my opinion I know how how, how the Republican Party Wants to be the party of law and order but When it comes to protest, man um, This is This is very small this is very small. So, but uh, go ahead, guys, because I know other people probably have other opinions.
2: Well, here, here's, here's that one. Yeah, the, uh, one of the comments in the comment section on the article uh, it says, this is the same FBI that couldn't follow up on two tip line calls identifying the future Parkland High School shooter. The only cases they've solved in the last decade have been those involving nonviolent protesters at the Capitol. January sixth, twenty twenty one, and someone even responded to that. Said, yeah, the same FBI that falsified visa warrants and lied under oath to Congress, totally reliable." <laughs> you know, so yeah, so well, yeah, the so same, the same FBI, this, but...
1: exactly, exactly, same FBI, shredding the uh, the vote fraud evidence, same people, same guys, and see so these are the same court systems and same judges that threw out the. Uh, the vote count lawsuits, and, um, and, and you know, threw it out. Somebody, like, oh, there's no vote fraud. Uh, just continue on. So we're supposed to just, you know, love them and kiss their butt. No, no, Bart,
0: they're
4: part of the problem, FBI and the court system. They're part of the problem as well. Go ahead. I fear that Steve is right about the Civil War, but it's something that, Robert, you and I and a lot of uh, people on this show have been talking about since last year. Uh, Even before uh, the general election of 2020, we've been saying that uh, we're on the brink of a civil war within this country, and it has the propensity to turn violent, and believe me, I don't want to see that. I'm not someone who takes pleasure in violence. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see mayhem. We have enough anarchy and chaos going on in this country. I don't want to see it. For example, and I don't know if Kelly can attest to this, but I'm sure he can, today Larry Elder was almost attacked, the frontrunner for the uh, Gavin uh, Newsom uh, recall election in California. He was uh, outside at a small uh, press conference and there was this Caucasian woman wearing a gorilla mask, a black gorilla mask, and then this African-American wearing a bandana. And the white woman started pounding on the one of the security detail for Larry Elder. Um, the African-American was pretty much saying all kinds of profanities. He's a sellout for the black people. Uh and you know, his security detail at the Russian uh to safety inside his SUV but the uh African American guy who was trying to attack him almost got some blows to Larry Elder's back. So uh I think he's gonna have to revamp his um security detail, that's for sure. Uh but notice how the left indulges in violence when they see things don't go their way. And they know that <laughs> Gavin Newsom's time is almost up. Nobody, if, if you were to ask months ago, if you were to say months ago that Larry Elder would be the front runner and leading in a significant lead against Gary Newsom, I would have said, you mean the guy who does the pain relief commercial? Yeah, right. And Arnold was a wonderful governor, California as well. I'd be like, no way. But, you know, lo and behold, that's the thing about politics. Things can change from night and day, from day to day. You never know. Yes, Um, he actually has a real chance in hell in finally turning um, the governorship back to the red column. And uh, I think that's why the left is freaking out. And this was only orchestrated by two people, just for the record. Uh, It was just the Caucasian woman and this African-American guy in a bandana. And I thought it was very offensive that she was wearing a a black gorilla mask. I don't know what she was trying to imply. Um, And so I'm pretty sure Kelly could attest to this because if it made the national news all the way to North Carolina, I'm pretty sure it made it to uh, uh, California as well. But yes, yes, Stephen, um, that is my fear, is that I don't want us to get to violence before 22 and 2024, I wake up every day and I pray to God. I sincerely do. And I tell him, God, just please, I know we're falling apart as a country at the seams, but just hold us together just a little bit longer for the sake of so many people so that lives are not lost unnecessarily. Hold us together. Get us through 2022. Get us through 2024. And I'll defer back to you, Robert.
2: We just got a. Uh, I've been trying to bring in uh, the Skype caller. They pushed one on the number dial about wanting to come into the show, but I, I haven't been able to hear from them. Maybe I'll try in a little bit. Um, but I just got this uh, this article here it just came up uh, here on Twitter, and it's not a real big article, but it, I mean, it literally just came up. Um, it says, Arizona State Senate Wendy Rogers, uh, Arizona canvassing 299,493 impacted votes. Conclusion, election in Maricopa must be decertified. And this um, this article here, uh, okay, it says, Arizona State Senator Wendy Rogers was lighting up Twitter this morning after Seth Kessel and Liz Harris made it apparent on Bannon's war room to present their canvas findings and estimates. It says, Roger shared some of the statistics that former Army Intelligence Captain Seth Cashel shared with her. It said, canvas two precincts, fully and large sections of precincts throughout the county, interviewed more than 75% of towns slash cities in America have residents. Sample falls within 95%. A scientific accuracy for extrapolation one votes uh, lost votes lost of stolen not, record, not recorded at county level, and that just gives a bunch of numbers it's kind of uh they should have really did better with writing this article <laughs> here because it's not very um, it's not the gateway pundit i said i I just seen it on on Twitter, so I thought I'd bring it up but apparently, well, let some me numbers uh, are starting uh, to come out. But right.
3: so here's what I got from one of my contacts. They texted to me while we're on the show. Yeah, Steve Bannon War Room and Liz, uh, what's her name, Liz Harris, okay, canvas50.com, and that website's probably flooded and overwhelmed with hits right now. Basically, uh, one in three Arizona voters canvassed have had their votes vanished They said they voted in person, signed affidavits to the same, but no record of them coming in to vote. Wow. So somehow one-third of the people that were canvassed, you know, you knock on doors, hi, did you vote? Yes. "Uh, Can you see if your vote was counted? Oh, I already checked. It wasn't. I knew a local there. He, uh, He fought in Iraq. And his vote, he looked it up, and on the state system, and he, his vote didn't count. He they never got his vote here in Ciscue County. Um, and I've seen this before when we did our survey in 2016. Unbelievable stuff. But, um, so where they canvassed, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of votes were thrown away, or not counted. I don't know. But see, my understanding. Well. A simple premise you can't count the ballot from an unregistered voter so the vote counting machine is connected to the voter registration database okay and if you have um, it's a simple if then is he registered yes okay count his vote if she registered yes count the vote oh unregistered don't count it in 2016 we did this uh, survey of Bernie Sanders people Because Bernie Sanders got cheated out in the 2016 and the 2020 primary The Democrats just didn't want him Because he was going to bring the troops home But that's another thing Um, So one testimony from a a person that filled a declaration out in her survey He had heard in 2016 That people were getting unregistered all over the country Particularly Bernie Sanders voters and so on Monday before the election, the primary, he went online and Secretary of State, he was registered to vote. And then on Tuesday, he looked, he was registered, he went and voted, he came back in the afternoon, he found out he was not registered to vote. He was not registered to vote on Wednesday or Thursday, and then either Friday or Saturday, all of a sudden he was, he was registered to vote again. He never unregistered himself. We've been focusing quite a bit on the vote counting machines, but the voter registration is another way to cheat. In California, that system is not scrutinized by the uh, Secretary of State's office as the vote counting machine, So they can hack into the voter registration, and you can nullify a whole bunch of votes. Oh, sure, they got their ballot. But the machines are talking, and somebody hacked it, He's not registered, don't count their votes. So and then they can go ahead and re register. I mean it's frightening that we're even what happened to the old fashioned print out a list, and go to the precinct. But when you're voting by mail, how do you know? Well, I got my ballot, I sent it in. Nothing. This is point blank frightening. I mean it's not just the vote counting. It's a voter registration system. You get In a closed primary, if you get flipped to another party, you can't vote for your candidate. This, I mean, this is so unbelievably mind-blowing that we're even here right now. And this is how, you know, Steve said, uh, a banana republic by messing with the election like this. Now it is good news. Um, Arizona and other many other states are going to be implementing a highly secure ballot. Uh, put Mylar on the ballots, other encrypted codes, you just a QR code, other things. They're working on totally secure ballots, or like ninety nine point nine. What are we at? Fifty percent secure now, whatever. But. There's too many vulnerabilities. There's too many weaknesses. And uh, so the cost per ballot is 25 cents to make them more secure. 25 cents per ballot. Um, A little mile on that like you see in the dollar bill. Other things that they can do. And what's going to happen here, as you look at the red states,
0: as long as they have a
3: legislature that's red, they're going to get it straightened out. Um, the States, forget it You know, they're going to say Well, we don't want to disenfranchise voters You know, we don't want to discriminate Well, Texas is passing laws That are really helping The election It basically um, It's going to be Secure and everybody who wants to vote can Um, But the Democrats are going to say Well, we don't want To disenfranchise voters and we don't want to Discriminate and No, you guys just want to cheat. That's what you want to do. I mean, again, if socialism is so wonderful, it can win by its own merits and attract people, but it ain't. So they have to force it on us. It's sick. Um, Back to Larry Elders, this uh, attempted assault on him is going to um, give him a lot more publicity. He's a front-runner. I'm hearing 25%. But you have uh, <clears throat> like 30 candidates, a number of Democrats, a number of Republicans, independents, libertarians, all sorts of people running, some people just running to say they, they ran. Um, to make a political point, they're not going to get anywhere. But you, you could see some candidates get like 0.1%, another 1%, 3%, 5%. However, gets the most votes, wins So Elders is at 25% I mean, that first half hour hearing him I'm like, I like this guy And so we can see something If we have an honest election But in Southern California They found a bunch of ballots Um, This guy was ODing in a parking lot Ambulance shows up, police show up They found a whole bunch of ballots ready For ballot stuffing in his car They went to his house Hundreds and hundreds of ballots. <laughs> this is this, this whole mail-in ballots is a disaster. Um, in California, everybody is mailed their ballot, and it depends on the counties. If the counties want to have precincts, then you can take your ballot to the precinct and submit it that way, or you or you can take it and put it in a drop box or in the mail. But everybody gets their ballots by mail. Right there is a super duper red flag. Um, Maricopa County. There was one. uh, This married couple they got twenty five ballots mailed to their house. And the other trick was this: um, they're registering people at the post office, like that's their place of residence. Vacant lot. See, there's no house here, but people are. Claiming that their address is a vacant lot This is ridiculous This is how This is how a country can be overthrown And we don't even know And so What are we going to have here Red states that change it So we have an accurate ballot And then blue states that they won't Because they know they'll stay in power By this system And and it's just beyond frustrating well, when enough – John F. Kennedy said, when peaceful resolution is made impossible, violent revolution is inevitable. And you I, I'm scratching – well, I mean, that's – I mean, one person, one vote. Who is somebody who thinks that they know better than other people – and they won't respect the volition of other people That they're voting for other people And it's voter dilution You know, 10 of us get together and vote And all of a sudden 15 votes show up out of nowhere Our votes have been diluted Our voice has been snuffed out and silenced Who are these people? Who do they think they are? That they know better than everybody else? That's just not how a representative republic works. A representative republic was based on the votes. One vote, one full credit. It's the way it ought to be. And so are we going to have, um, are we going to start seeing states seceding from the union? I don't know. Um, Texas is looking like they're, I got a buddy that moved there from Sacramento. He said he could never afford a house in, anymore. What do you know? Within a year that he's there, he's able to buy a house. He's doing really well. He really likes Texas. Um, so, what are we going to have? Polarization of people in the states. People moving to Texas because they don't want to have to get vaccinated to to get a, a job, to keep a job. Are we? I mean, of course these these Vermont. Uh, uh, I would they There, we're going to be seeing this. We're going to, and, and the government's going to respond by either a um, a serious, serious um, authenticated vaccine card with a chip on it, mm-hmm. or they're going to have to do away, or they're going to have to do away with this. But it's state by state, and and it's frustrating. Where is this going? Where is this headed? And, and by the way, I want to tell people about the federal grand jury Been um, working with two state house senators up in Oregon. And we were able to um, get a petition to a prosecutor whose job is it then, as in required by federal statute? we got a petition to a prosecutor. The prosecutor has to turn it over to the grand jury. And it's 645 pages, and what we're hoping will happen is the grand jury, which hasn't been convened because of COVID, which should be convened by now, because I've talked with the courthouse people, went into the federal courthouse, and a petition to expose ask the grand jury to look at all this. Is is underway Now how much will the grand jury look at it I'm not sure But these state house senators From Oregon They're going to have a press conference soon And they're encouraging All other uh, Other state Representatives To do what they did Which is to submit a petition to a federal Grand jury under the right of petition And If I can grab this What they said in one of their conclusions On why they're doing this These are great patriots These state house senators from Oregon You do know Oregon is mostly controlled by Portland Okay And uh, their influence Portland is ridiculous It's pretty much Portland tells the rest of the state what to do It shouldn't be this way But it is Uh, In fact many of the early states They started out with one State House Senator, at least from each county, one representative from each county, instead, now you're having situations in California where you have a state House senator that covers like at least four counties. You combine some of these four counties we're larger than like uh Massachusetts here in California, and we've only got like one state house rest uh, state House representative. This is ridiculous how we've lost so much. Um, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Representation that the big cities are just telling us how we're going to live, like the, the way big city people and liberals, it's like they come here and they think it's their playground, but it's our home. This is our home, and you guys don't represent us anyway. All right, so here's what we here's what one of the things I said um, as elected official, it is our sworn duty to uphold the Constitution of the United States the Constitution of Oregon, the penance of informed consent, and honor our legal obligation to comply with 18 U.S.C. Section 4 on this prison of felony. That means if you know of a crime happening, you have to report it. We are fulfilling our duties by calling for a special federal grand jury investigation or at the very least an independent state district-led grand jury investigation convened by a judge into the issues and evidentiary materials presented and
1: it is the sworn duty of all
3: elected officials to uphold our
1: Constitution
3: at all times. And we call upon Governor Catherine Brown and all elected now you're officials... Now let me break it up a
0: little
3: bit there. Okay, hold on. It says, it is, our sw- it is the sworn duty of all elected officials to uphold our constitutions at all times. We call upon Governor Catherine Brown and all elected officials from both sides of the aisle to honor the oaths of service we have sworn ourselves to and join us in championing, championing a thorough grand jury investigation into the matters we are presenting. And there are 11, 1,718 Oregonians and 53,000 Americans have also signed onto this petition. So there'll be a uh, press conference soon on the State House steps, the capital of Oregon in Salem, very soon. And we'll see, and I hope, that other states, even governors, attorney generals, will submit petitions to the federal grand juries all over this country to investigate all the fraud involved. The death certificate reporting method was changed illegally and then violated the Information Quality Act. All sorts of problems. Um, So we hope that the accountability rains down upon uh, Fauci and company for doing this. But we shall see in the months to come. But if that's any type of encouragement to people, uh, we'll just have to see what happens.
2: Well, you know, I've been saying, I mean, the the two most – at least in my opinion, the two most important issues of the day are stopping the COVID vaccine mandates and election integrity. I think those are the the two most important because, I mean, if if we – and I hope you're right, Joseph. I hope it's going to be impossible for uh, them to steal the election again. Because uh, I think that that's the only way they could win. I mean, I think they're making such a the, – the Democrats are, are making such a mess of things that I think that's the only way that they can win the House and the Senate is if they cheat. Frankly, I just don't see how they can win without it. Uh, you know, but I, I still think I, – I, I hate to say it, but I still think there's, there could be a shot. I mean, we, we knew it was coming in, in 2020, and they were still successful.
4: We knew it was coming in 2020, but we didn't think that the, the RNC was going to throw tr- Trump and Pence no. under the bus. That, that's what none of us ever thought we were going to see. And shame on the Republican Party because also the chairwoman uh, participated, and basically everyone threw Trump under the bus. Uh, that we could not foresee coming. But if I have to add a third thing to your list of what's really important, it's also the humanitarian crisis on the border. And fourth fourth is Afghanistan, without a shadow of a doubt. There's still Americans stranded, and they will not let the chartered planes leave. And there's contradictory information. One from one side is saying it's the Taliban that's uh, not letting the flights take off. And there's other sources that are confirming it's the State Department. That's not letting the charter flights take off. And um, I don't believe the State Department, so I would think it'd be that scenario. Mark my words, and I don't want this to happen, but when was the last time we saw Americans in jumpsuits, in those orange jumpsuits being beheaded? Rhetorical question during the Obama-Biden administration from 2008 to 2016. Under Trump, that didn't happen. He said he it was going to bomb the – exactly. He, Trump said he was going to bomb the living, and I can't say the words, on the campaign trail. Oh, he spelled out what he was going to do. And within three months, he – Bombed the living, you know what, out of ISIS and eradicated the caliphate. He took out, uh, you know, uh, Bagh- Baghdadi. He he was the first American president to actually touch North Korean soil. Our enemies wouldn't even dare. They were not even emboldened. He instilled the fear of God Almighty into China, into Iran, into Russia, into North Korea. On top of He told the Taliban, if you harm one hair on any American, so help me God, I will eradicate you off the face of the planet. Now, the big debate about Afghanistan and what the left wants to say is, well, the Trump administration was going to, you know, they were going to leave anyways in May. Yeah, they were going to leave in May. But the difference was it wasn't going to be under the Taliban's terms. Hell no, not under Trump, that's for sure. It was President Trump who was going to dictate to the Taliban when, where, and how, or else, ultimatum, we will eradicate you in three seconds like we did ISIS. The difference was many people are not upset that we left Afghanistan after 20 years. They're upset with how Biden did it, which he did it in the most reckless way in the most illogical way you can do it, you do not ev- you do not evacuate the troops, and then you evacuate Americans with no military protection. Even the German army, the British army, and the Canadian army were successful in getting their own civilians out because they did it the right way. First, they set up the perimeter. They did not evacuate the majority of their forces because they kept their forces to ensure the safety of their citizens that they boarded those planes and got out. America did it in reverse. Not really America. I'm sorry. It was Biden, the Biden regime that did it in reverse. And Europe is laughing at us. Our enemies are laughing at us. And they're smelling blood in the water like sharks. Of course, China feels emboldened more than ever. Iran, North Korea wants to start uh, their nuclear uh, ballistic missiles again. Under Trump, that was a dead issue. Um, You know, at the same time, when Iran, no, I'm sorry, when Russia hacked into our pipelines, what did Biden do? He paid their bribes. And then he actually wants to collude with the Taliban like you can cooperate with them, you don't collude with our enemies. This is what America has come to, ladies and gentlemen. This is what happens when power is stolen, when power is not meant to be given to one individual or one government or one entity, but it is stolen. It always ends bad. We are a mess as a country. And we are disintegrating day by day. It just gets worse to the point where I literally cringe when I'm watching the news. I'm like, what's going to be next? What's next? I don't even want to know. We live in scary times. I arguably would say in our 242 years of history, this is America's darkest period ever. And I do see us currently we are the modern equivalent of what the South was before they seceded from the North during the the 1850s and the 1840s prior to the Civil War. Secession didn't just happen over one day. It it, it happened gradually uh, for them to come to that conclusion that they had to secede. And I kind of see that we live in a modern-day projection of that in, 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 the, in the retrospect that the red states are operating as the bastions of freedom and the blue states are the bastions of tyranny. And we're divided completely down the line. And there's only two sides to the equation. So it is, it is really scary, and things are just getting worse. And arguably, I say Afghanistan is the biggest American botch in history. And it's going to have serious repercussions because you're going to see Americans back in yellow jump shoots. You're going to see the reemergence of ISIS. Uh, you're going to see the reemergence of Al-Qaeda uh, growing to be stronger than it was before. You're going to see the Taliban be more ruthless than they were. Prior to twenty years before they were uh, thrown out of power, um, like I said, I can't wait till 2022 comes around the corner, and 2024, because it's sad to say that things are not going to change until we have the right people in power. And uh, I will defer back to you. Yeah, it's
1: definitely uh, biblical. And I think about think about this guy's scenario. Japan invaded China in nineteen thirty one China never forgot about. It. Imagine China invading next year Taiwan and Japan at the same time a civil war in the United States. That was another point. There's a prophecy of a comet coming to earth. They're saying the elite is not. The, telling the world that there's a comet headed towards Earth and it'll be here in eight years, and then and so, what could imagine having the war with Taiwan, Japan and Taiwan and China? Imagine that war going on at the same time as the Civil War in America, and the war between Iran and Israel, all of that at the same time as a global economic collapse. Imagine all of that going on at the same time. That's a very that's a that's a possibility, guys. I and mean, if it's a biblical event, billions dying from the vaccine, things of that nature, it's a biblical event. Biblical events are very, very big events. They're huge, enormous. And the Bible talked about great tribulation. Great tribulation is what uh, the words of Jesus, you know, put it. I mean, so Hey, if it's biblical, it's biblical. What do you guys think about that?
4: I actually
2: yeah, think yeah, I, it's I don't realistic. really subscribe to that myself. But like, go ahead, Joseph.
4: Uh, Robert, um, it, it's kind of a it's kind of a complicated subject because a lot of the prophecies in in the Bible, there's no timetable for that. I mean, you've had. Religious organizations who have been saying the apocalypse and the end of the world was going to happen so many years ago, and they gave different dates, and it didn't happen. But, However, I, I do see where Steve is coming from um, about the dangers of if we're engaged in our own civil war uh, and we're not united as a country, um, how do we unite and defend against our enemies abroad? And by far, you know, our enemies realize that Biden is by far probably the weakest president we've ever had in history, and they are going to capitalize on that. That's what scares me. Uh, I just don't know when, where, and how. And That's why I just pray that 2022 and 2024 can't come any quicker, that's for sure, because nothing much is going to change until those dates occur. And that will determine the fate of our country. Will we go on to survive and remain remaining a constitutional republic? And will we remain the free leader of the world? And will we uh, remain the land of the free and the home of the brave? And I have every confidence that we will because we will fight to ensure that it does. We have no choice. It's human nature. And you don't have any choice when your last resort is to fight for survival then your survival instincts automatically kick in. Your adrenaline starts pumping. You fight because you have no other choices, either that or you die. You don't survive.
1: And and certain rich people were saying that the benefits of living in a third world country, the government doesn't have the efficiency to bring a hardcore tyranny like a first-world country can. Like, if you live in a third-world country, these, these, these police officers are very corrupted. With money, you can pay them off, what have you. And so you'll see certain rich people, they enjoy third-world countries because they can navigate around law enforcement. So if a hardcore tyranny comes down, they have ways of navigating around it because they're in a third-world country. It may be a farm or mansion or what have you in the Philippines. But they, these third world countries, their governments are not as efficient as a hardcore tyranny coming down in a first world country. First world countries can bring out very hard totalitarian authoritarian, and they have the money and the resources to bring it down on the citizens. In Mexico, they're so busy fighting the cartels and stuff, it's going to be hard to really focus on you. You know what I mean? Now, as long as you stay out of their way, that's, that's, that's what foreigners need should do. And most of the deaths in Mexico, it, it, it's car, cartel versus cartel, the government versus the cartel. That's what that's going on. Most of the time, foreigners, there's plenty of foreigners that go to Mexico. They're on the Cancun beach, and they don't have a problem because they're staying out of the cartel's way. That's the big thing. And so that's why you have certain rich people. They enjoy these third world countries because they can navigate around law enforcement. What do you guys think about that?
4: Uh, Not in Mexico. If you have an American passport, Americans are the highest uh, number of kidnap ratings by the cartels, by far by the cartels. Is statistically proven. Uh, Even the uh, American embassies are warning for Americans not to travel to Mexico. It is not safe. They are especially targeting Americans. I can't speak to other countries but they do target Americans with American passports. And it's not a matter of um, you getting in the cartel's way. It's just a, it's just how the cartels send their message. It's a form of retribution for what they believe is uh, America's role in, uh, you know, interfering with their um, human trafficking and their... Coyotes crossing the border, that's their way of retribution against Americans. And, um, you know, hey, to each is their own. But uh, if I had all the money in the world, I wouldn't want to live in a Thoroughwell world country. Uh, my mother was born in Colombia, South America. Um, I used to go there from the age of 5 to 14. I saw one-year-old kids eating from garbage cans. I wouldn't trade my country in a million years to be living in a Thoroughwell country with uh, – you know, blackouts and electric going out and um, getting dysentery and having to worry about drinking the water and the way they live in third world countries. If I'm going to have a mansion, I'm going to have it in the good old United States. I'm definitely not going to have it uh, in the third world country. I mean, what what you see, the poverty over there, there's no such thing as Social Security There's no such thing as Medicare or Medicaid. If you're sick, the hospitals will not even admit you. They'll let you die in the streets like a dog. Uh, I know because I've been to Columbia, South America, which is a third world country. Uh, You don't know it until you've seen it and you've experienced it, and maybe to each is their own. But if I were rich, that would be the last place I'd want to be. I'd want to be in the good old United States of America health. That's why people from all over the world to this very day, even from Colombia, even from Central America, from Africa to this very day, they'll, they'll tell you, I would not trade the United States for my own country in which I was born and raised in a million years. And that's why immigrants continue to come here illegally or legally from all over the world because they've actually lived in these third world countries and they know what it's like. And maybe you have a half percent that have their mansions, but they have to have the security detail everywhere they go. These are very dangerous countries, even for the rich. The cartels do target the rich people who have money, uh, especially in Colombia, South America, and in Mexico. So not safe, not even in Cancun. There's a high uh, rate of abductions of American citizens as well. Um Back in 2000, it was safe. I lived in San Diego. I used to cross the border to go in Tijuana. That's when things were relatively safe. Today, uh, there'd be no chance in hell I'd want to go. Uh, I would never go to Colombia. I would never go to Mexico. I wouldn't be safe. I have an American passport. Uh, I'd be a target number one. I probably wouldn't even come out alive. Hey, uh,
3: I wanted to... uh read something here if I can robert the uh Four horsemen of the apocalypse
0: are you
2: going to turn this into the bard's logic bible hour or what did you, <laughs> you call it <that> <laughs> <laughs> well i don't
3: know. i would tease you i would tease you because somebody else would introduce a biblical topic and uh you know bard's logic gospel hour it's kind of funny um what, what cuz you know it's our...
2: ironic because your 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 host here is is, is pagan and I have this on my shows. So, you know, go ahead, Kelly. Wait, wait, wait. Are, we, are we collecting
4: donations hey, before Kelly yeah, starts? How, are we how collecting many donations? You
2: know will allow them that you to have this on their show. Go ahead, Kelly.
4: I'm
0: just <laughs> Wait, 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 right, Robbie, so. Before
4: Kelly says anything, are we collecting donations if this is going to be the biblical hour? Donations, anyone? No? Oh, well, yeah, donations there
2: you go. The, 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 the Yeah, are the, the BART continuation fund.
4: <laughs> there you I go. That. That's, <laughs> a good one. That's a good one. Yes. Yes. Kelly, if you can donate five dollars to the Bart Logic continuation fund, you have the whole hour to No, if you can donate $100, you have On a hundred dollars, cheap hour, man, let me tell ya. <laughs> <laughs> oh so,
3: anyway. All right, so this is Revelation six of four horsemen. I'll try to get through this quickly. Okay. I watched as a lamb opened the first of the seven seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures say in a voice like thunder, Come. I looking there before me was a white horse. Its rider held a bow. He was given a crown, and he rode out as a conqueror bent on conquest. The second seal was opened, and another horse came out, a fiery red one. Its rider was given power to take peace from the earth and to make men slay each other. To him was given a a large sword. So it looks like division right there. The red horse is division. Okay, third one. Uh, Third seal, and there was a black horse. Its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand.
4: Then I heard
3: what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat for a day's wages and three quarts of barley for a day's wages, which I take that as inflation. So somebody's conquering the world, then division, then inflation. Now, the fourth one is the scariest. When the Lamb opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature saying, Come. I looked there before me was a chloros or green horse. Its rider was named Death and Hades was falling close behind him. There was given power over a fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine, and plague, and by the wild beasts of the earth. So according to this prophecy, the world's going to be a mess, conquest, division, inflation, and then comes uh, plague and starvation, but a fourth of the world is going to die. Now, I wonder if our natural immune system um, is – well, it's been amazing because the human race has survived all sorts of black plague, the Spanish flu of 1919 um other things. Um, but for a fourth of the earth to die, yes, it's not, not it's sword, famine, and plague. Well you have famines, plagues seem to take over too. But I'm wondering if, if somehow man weakens man's immune system and you have mass die offs of people from disease.
1: Yes, sir. That is in prophecy, buddy. And another thing, that these there's prophecy of these biological weapons We're going to turn people into flesh-eating zombies. And before you laugh, that was prophesied by Nostradamus 500 years ago, that in the year 2021, there's going to be flesh-eating zombies. And there's other prophecies from people that don't even, never even read Nostradamus, that the
0: vaccine
1: is going to turn people into flesh-eating zombies so that you kill your loved ones that you sleep in the bed with that's a prophecy. Well, I don't know. I, I
2: I'm, I'm sorry, uh, yeah. Steve. That's, that that's pretty far-fetched. That, yeah, I would have to that definitely falls under the category as I will I will believe it when I see it.
4: Me <laughs> too. I agree with you 100% on that one. I'm in agreement with you. Um and I am a person of faith, but I no, I'll see it when I believe it.
3: You know you know uh, whether it does or doesn't happen, I'm prepared because I watched the movie Zombie Land. You know, the double tap is really
1: important.
0: <laughs>
1: I said the same hey guys, I said the same thing, man. I said, Hey, I believe Don't forget I the double it, tap. Man. But look <laughs> it up guys, look it <coughs> up. Mad mad cow disease in the brain and rabies in the brain can turn humans into flesh eating zombies. And they were talking about these biological weapons like 10, 15 years ago. And they've got underground military bases. And since we don't know what they're doing, we have no idea. But there's prophecies that they're going to release a lot of biological weapons in the United States of America because they want to reduce the population. They want to get the numbers down. And that what's going to happen is going to be World War III. And the United Nations is going to offer the solution for a one-world government. And then they're going to get rid of nation states, like uh, you won't have Canada and you, know, you won't have United mm-hmm. States, Mexico anymore. They're going to get rid of nation states, and then we all go into the one world government, United Nations, and uh, if a lot of people believe in Barack Obama is going to be uh, heading the the UN as the beast. So that's World War Three. Is I mean, you know, it, it's got to happen. You know, if you're going to. You have to convince people to join that one world government, to give up sovereignty, and to join that system. You know, so yeah, and that's why that's why I always tell you guys, you know, just read your Bibles and pray
0: about it,
4: so you won't worry about it. There are a lot of prophecies, it, you know? but there are a lot of contradictions in the Bible. There are a lot of contradictions in the Bible, and the Bible was man-made. And believe me, I'm not attacking religion. This is why I don't like to even get in the subject of religion and politics, but since that door has been opened, uh, as a person of faith all my life who believes in God, I don't go to church, and I'm not ashamed of it. I don't read scriptures, and I'm not ashamed of it. I like to be a person of action. I like to be a person who's going to do good with my actions like Jesus did. Because at the end of the day, if you see a homeless person and they're hungry, is praying for them going to fill their belly? Or buying them food is going to fill their belly. If a person needs shelter, is praying for them going to help them? Or giving them a roof over their head is going to help them? And so at the end well, of the Joseph, day, yeah. you know, i got a lot of critics. A lot of religious people say I'm not a true religious person because I don't go to church and I don't read the Bible. And, hey, they could take a number and they could, they could join the line. I could care less. All I know is hey, Joseph. I, love, I love my religion. I love my God. I have my personal relationship with him. But at the end of the day, in the Bible, there are a lot of contradictions in the Bible. There always have been. Some people can take extrapolations from the Old Testament or the New Testament or cherry pick what they like. But it's one of the reasons why I don't even like to get into this topic. At the end of the day, though, the zombie thing that is way over the top. Um, I don't subscribe to it, but, you know, you never know. We could, if you also watch the movie 28 Days Later, uh, maybe, Kelly, you also have a, a, a chance in surviving the apocalypse because you are an expert in Zombieland and 28 Days Later, so you probably know how to <laughs> duck and die. You'll probably know how to duck and die from the zombies and do all that stuff. And while, while, while Steve and I will be demolished and eaten, we'll be like, Kelly, where are you going? Aren't you going to teach us your tricks from the movie? And Kelly will go. Hell no, I'm going to save my life. You should have watched the damn movie on Netflix when I told you. I'm, you're on your own. <laughs> yeah, he'll go talk well, to over there. Uh, I watched Land. I know how to duck you, zombie. Wait, I know how to kill you, zombie. I watched 28 Days well, Later while Robert will be going. Oh, Lord. What happened?
3: Well, there, there's, also, uh, <clears throat> there's also Shaun of the Dead, which is quite amusing. Um, in the movie, he's got to shoot his own mom. But uh, Shaun of the Dead is a British film. It's just funny. Anyway, um, well, I got a question for you there, Joseph, is because um, I've, I've read the scriptures through and through, and I don't find contradictions, and you said you don't read the scriptures. How can you know there's contradictions?
4: Uh, I have spoken to people who do study theology. I do, I've had a couple of friends in my life who study theology. And, uh, no, I don't read the scriptures, but uh, they have told me that there are many contradictions. There's contradictions in the Old Testament. There's contradictions in the New Testament. Um, At the end of the day, you're right. I haven't read the scriptures, um, but I've had many friends who wanted to study theology and have went on the record in saying so. And ask yourself this. I mean, to be honest, um, as a person of faith, I don't even need to read the scriptures to know their contradictions because you have a denomination war that's existed for hundreds of years. That's why I am a non-denominational person. The Catholics are out there saying that they are the true church. The Mormons say that they are the true church. The Baptists, the Lutherans, you literally go to their churches. And how do I know? Because over the years I've been to different denominational churches. And they do not preach the word of God. They preach their own doctrine. They don't try to preach the Bible. They try to convert you into being a seven-day Adventist or a Jehovah's Witness, and they always placate, and they always state, and they always start with saying, we are the one true denomination. We are the real denomination. All those other denominations are false. All their prophets are false. I've actually been to churches many times and heard them spew that, When I go to my non-denominational church, when I used to go but I don't go anymore, uh, for my personal reasons, they preach the word of God. They're not up there on the bully pulpit trying to sell you their denomination along with their doctrine, which is why I, for my personal reasons, I don't go to church and, no, I don't read the scriptures, but I do have humanity, I do have a heart. And I'll say one more thing, for many people out there who say they are good Christians, For you to be a good Christian, first you need to deem yourself to be a good human being before you can even say that. And I find that a lot of people have committed a lot of horrors and egregious acts in the name of religion. And I find that to be hypocritical. So I tell people, if you want to profess yourself to be a great Christian or whatever religion you subscribe to, you may want to start out with being a good human being first. That's a starting point. And uh, so, you know, that's my stance on that. I don't want to get any further into the topic, only because it's a very sensitive topic, and I don't want to turn it into something that it shouldn't. So I am going to shut my lips on that topic going forward. Like I said, I didn't open the door. I know the door wasn't open intentionally, but this is exactly why religion and politics is is a dangerous cocktail when you combine it together. So, um, you know, uh, and, you do, and I'm
3: you
2: gonna, do know and I'm, I help. And I'm, 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 and I'm gonna, I'm, hold on, guys. I'm, I'm going to end it at that because we we got um, what I think at this point more pressing matters. Now, this is something that we're going to hear more about tomorrow, and we'll we'll, we'll see if, the, if this um, deserves the attention that, that that we're giving it, or if it's just going to be you know a flash in the pan. But this is a, an audio I want to I want to play. It's very brief, 15 seconds. And it's telling. Now, we all know that Jen Psaki has a tendency to open her mouth and put her foot in it, um, which actually, in a weird way, I would actually like to see her do that. But anyway, that's only because it's Bart's logic after dark. Uh, But anyway, um, and frankly, she's not difficult to look at, but she is an idiot. Uh, But anyway, I do want to hear this, and and this this is foreboding. And you just got to hear it. to, uh, Well, I, I almost want to say it to believe it, but listen up. There will be new steps the president
4: announces tomorrow. Absolutely, Does new steps influence uh, the average American's
0: daily life. Should we expect any new mitigation recommendations as an example? It depends on if you're vaccinated or not. There will be new steps the president announces
4: tomorrow. Absolutely. Does not steps influence
0: uh, the average American's day-to-day life? Do we expect any new mitigation recommendations as an example? It depends on if you're vaccinated or
2: not. Okay, I'm not going to play that too many more times. Um, but, yeah, so supposedly uh, Comrade Biden, the occupier-in-chief, uh, is going to make some type of announcements or recommendations or what have you, um, tomorrow and apparently it's only going to affect the people who are vaccinated according to Jen Psaki now again the girl has been known to open mouth and soot foot and actually have to backtrack on things that she said now I've not heard anything however that they are they're starting to try to push her to um, to retract anything she said I haven't seen anything about that yet we will remain to be seen I don't know when Biden is going to make this announcement, but is it going to be something big? Who knows? Uh, we'll, we'll find out. We'll, we'll find out tomorrow. But it, it, it's, it's to me that sounded an, like an unveiled threat. It depends. It depends on. It depends on if you are vaccinated or not. That's an unveiled threat, and I think every. Not only American who's not vaccinated But even those who are vaccinated So what's going to say That next thing that comes down the pike That the government is going to try To make you do Is not going to affect your life In some way make, you know, Manner or form Now I would dare say And I'm not going to get into the weeds on the religious thing frankly I'm not a religious person And I'm not going to spend any more Much time on it But even for those people, I mean, who's to say if they try to ban, you know, people's religion later, you know, and oh, only the people who are secularists will we'll be able to do this or that. Again, I, I don't really see that happening in, in the near future. Probably not in any of our lifetimes, or in my case, my first lifetime, since I'll be frozen and I'll be coming back. Um, but I think people need to be on alert. On, on what on what comes out of uh, the oral office tomorrow? <laughs> but just, seriously, the uh, out there tomorrow because we we could very well see us. Fa- you know, just uh, I'm I can not even think of the word. I'm I'm struggling to find the a, an adequate word to say. Tomorrow we can find ourselves in full full blown fascism tomorrow. Tomorrow, and now again, I might be overstating it. It might be where again, you know, she's grandstanding. But the thing is, is if it is, I mean, if we do hit, you know, full blown, you know, or full blown fascism tomorrow, I wonder what people are going. You know, what are people going to do? Um, Again, it might be a stretch to think that it's going to, but. It will be interesting to see what uh, what happens, and then how you know pe- people are going to have to act. Uh, let, let's hope the let's just hope the civil war doesn't start tomorrow.
4: I honestly it's, it's, think it's, the wow. Biden regime is doing everything to divert their attention away from the border crisis, from Afghanistan and from the job numbers that came out for last month that were abysmal. Honestly, every time Jen Psaki gets on the podium, I want to puke. She gets on the podium, (laughs) and they're doing everything to bring up every diversion to not address the elephants in the room. So I wouldn't be surprised tomorrow if they talk about COVID or how they think that they need to have more... Uh, lockdowns until we get this thing under control because it's not under control because, of course, they don't want to talk about Afghanistan. Of course, they don't want to talk about the blunder on the border. Uh, uh, of course, they don't want to talk about the, the real elephants in the room. So they want to divert. So uh, today, uh, Biden was speaking about, you know, different things, uh, national policies. And, uh, you know, everyone was saying, a lot of people were saying, you're you're, you're just diverting away the attention from Afghanistan, from the border, uh, from the job numbers. That's what you're trying to do. But it's, it's, it, it, it's not going to work. Um, you have uh, family members of the 9-11 victims who don't want Biden to be there. You have Biden who's being heckled and booed by crowds, who's being cursed at by Gold Star families. You didn't even see that happen when Obama was president. That just tells you how... Far worse it is under the Biden regime. And where is Kamala? She's non-existent. Robert, is she still vice president? Because you rarely see Kamala except once in a blue moon. She must have the easiest VP position in the world. All she has to do is show her face every here and there, and that's about it. So, you know, in all honesty... um, Let's see what happens tomorrow. Let's see if it's another diversion or another scolding of uh, the governors of Texas Abbott and DeSantis or some other lecture about COVID. Because for as long as the Democrats can maintain that this is still a public health crisis, they can condone or they can justify them continuing to exert their uh, powers and these lockdown draconian measures or these emergency powers for as long as they can maintain this a public health crisis. Ladies and gentlemen, get over it. We've, had, we've been with COVID for old, almost two years. Get over it. It's not a public health crisis. It's not. It's only in the Democrats' delusional mind. And I'll leave you with one more thing. When I was diagnosed with pneumonia due to COVID-19, first hospital I went to, um, when they triaged me, they had asked me if I was vaccinated or not. I said, no, I'm not vaccinated. So this doctor comes out and he goes, oh, I heard you're not vaccinated. Do you know what we do to people who are not vaccinated? And I go, no, what do you do? Well, we send them home because the infection is viral, but no medicine. You just got to quarantine And I says, doctor, you're discriminating against me because I'm not vaccinated and you're willing to send me home and not even check me out or do a chest x-ray or anything like that because I'm not vaccinated? It's my personal choice if I don't want to get vaccinated. I says, shame on you. You're violating the Hippocratic Oath. And then I told him all the side effects that come with the, the vaccines that he said, well, I don't know where you're getting your information from. And so I left, and a day later, I went to another hospital, polar opposite. The doctor was wonderful, good bedside manner, didn't even ask if I was vaccinated. They put me on IV. Uh, They gave me a chest X-ray, and they diagnosed me with pneumonia due to COVID-19, discharged me with the right medicines, and uh, that's why uh, I was able to recuperate. So, yeah, these doctors are getting vicious, and they are discriminating in hospitals. And uh, it's egregious. And the the ironic part was a year ago when COVID started, they said it was the end of the world. Oh, it's serious. you got to be hospitalized in quarantine for 14 days, and you have to undergo intense treatment. And a year and a half later, I have a doctor saying, oh, you just go home. It's viral. It'll heal on its own. No, you don't need any medicines. No, you didn't get vaccinated. So which is it? You tell me. Hey, man,
1: I, 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 I forgot all about that, and I'm um, thank God you brought that up. Because, ladies and gentlemen, that goes back to the 800-page book I used to promote on this show all the time. Uh, it, this, the, these issues in this hospi- these hospitals goes back to 100 years ago, the holistic doctors. And I called them, and I told them what they were doing at hospitals, that they were rejecting people for being unvaccinated. That's where you can go, ladies and gentlemen. Find some holistic doctors. They advertise them on Google. They're advertised all over. Go and see them because they're not going to reject you for being unvaccinated. And try to get ivermectin. And if they hospitalize your family member and a police officer denies you entry to see your family member that's on a ventilator, you can go and try to get a court order from a judge. To have your family member placed on ivermectin, and the judge may request uh, may, may request that from the hospital, because that what they're trying to do is kill people with the ventilators? But ladies and gentlemen, stay out of the hospitals. Those are hundred-year infiltration plan by John Rockefeller. Okay, this is not the holistic doctors from hundreds of years ago. This is a system that they've engineered of death, destruction, ventilators that destroy your lungs. That's that's hey, truth. Uh, hey,
3: uh, Joseph, I'm really sorry you had to go through that. And I'm glad you got the care you needed, and I'm glad you're with us today. And I hope you're at 100% recovery. Um,
4: Thank yeah, you, I, Kelly. That, that means to a lot, and I am. Thank you.
3: Yeah, and Steve, uh, you know, ivermectin it's a fascinating study. Um, Because uh, there is horse and dog ivermectin, which has other ingredients that may not be so good for you. And then there's ivermectin for humans. Um, There's from a health specialist that I talked to. Her name's Joyce. We got to get her on the show. She's a kick. Anyway, um, the... Is on, <laughs> yeah, is extremely powerful. Yeah, let's get her on, man, because she's, man, she's a kick. She's a machine gun mouth with all sorts of uh, amazing information. Anyway, um, and she's, she being she's an, uh, kind of a naturopath, has her own office. Um, yeah, what she knows is amazing as well as Dr. Healy. I'd like to get him on the show. Anyway... Um, so I did some studying on ivermectin. Okay. And it was found, I think it was 1970. I'm trying to find my document here so I can read some inter- interesting. It can also cure cancer. This is mind-blowing. It's super cheap. But in 1970 in Japan, there's a woman that, I'd biologist or something, and she was, um, she discovered a bacteria that's just different. What is this? And uh, it was producing a chemical. So she got with an Irish scientist. They isolated this unique bacteria and they found that it's producing a chemical that kills parasites. Parasites, like what? And so they got some Nobel Peace Prize for their work. Uh, Yeah, here it is Japanese scientist Satoshi Umura. An Irish scientist, William Campbell, won the Nobel Prize in Physiology of Medicine in 2015. And so there have been literally billions of doses of ivermectin, and it gets rid of a long list of parasites. Now, I, in my before I take ivermectin, I'm just going to do some more research, but I found a, a document, uh, written by a Tang, a Hu, Wang, Yao, Zhang, Yu, a bunch of Chinese doctors, okay? And they talked about the FDA approval in 1978. And uh, ivermectin not only has strong effects on parasites, but also has potential antiviral effects. Uh, i v m can inhibit the replication of flavivirus by targeting the NS3 case it also blocks the nuclear transport of viral proteins by acting on alpha beta uh, mediated nuclear transport they go into all sorts of words here that are pretty heavy in the chemistry and you see these professional papers and you're like wow and so there's avermectin ivermectin there's a, it's like a family of, of chemicals um and so they go into this document. I mean, the obvious is it's safe. It's safe. And so there's been a bazillion studies. They compiled a bunch of studies that are um, looking at the references here, nine, hundred and, 114 references. So they've had to study all these different doctors. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Doctors or scientists, nine. Um Nine of these guys studied these hundred and some documents on how it, it works. And then they go into, they're finding um, cancer cells kill itself. In the DNA sequence, there is a suicide sequence. Cancer cells are cells that won't die. They should have initiated the suicide sequence known as apoptosis. It's a, it's a programmed cell death, okay. Uh, by, regulated by genes to maintain cell stability. So they go into these different types of cancer that ivermectin has cured. So here's uh, breast cancer, um, digestive system cancer, urinary system cancer, hematological cancer, reproductive system cancer, brain glioma, uh, respiratory system cancer, melanoma, um et cetera. And in some of these treatments, they still have to have other, but the ivermectin somehow transports
1: uh,
3: these other medications into the cells and it's curing cancer. It's just mind-blowing this, and I, had, I paid 35 bucks for this report because I'm like, what? So When they're doing all these tests uh, worldwide and all these references are from all over the place, all over the world, Obviously, ivermectin is safe to use in the right dose.
0: Um,
3: so um, they have other diagrams how it blocks cancer, how it cures cancer. And then I'm talking to my uh, to Joyce, the nature path, and I ran across an article too by a doctor: parasites. Uh, are widely overlooked. Why are we bringing up parasites? Because what's very possible here... I'm trying to dig up this article I found. Uh, yeah. um, well, if if your immune system is weak by, say, 30% because you have parasites, um, you take ivermectin, you kill the parasites, now your immune system can go to 100% to fight COVID, in any variance, and another doctor said, "You know, we have overlooked, we have overlooked the impact of parasites on the human body." And I had a buddy who took the ivermectin when he got COVID, um, and he said, after I was done with the COVID and the ivermectin, he said, "I have never felt this good in ten years, so I must have had parasites." And there's a bazillion list of parasites, kind of actually frightening uh, when you go through the list, and then you can get nasty, ugly, scary, freaky, creepy pictures of of different parasites. Well, if the ivermectin is going after the parasites, um, what is it doing? Well, the parasites produce toxins to your body. If you've ever had salmonella, which I did and it was not fun, I thought I was gonna die. I went to a wedding and it was catered excuse <coughs> me, it was catered and a third of the people got um salmonella. Well salmonella, it's not the bacteria that's the problem, it's the toxins that the salmonella bacteria produce that make you so sick. And so it's possible that the parasites are producing toxins. The toxins weaken your immune system, parasites. Now your immune system can go, say, from 70% to 100% fighting the COVID virus. So like, hmm, this is really interesting. And I I picked up a book a couple years ago about this. And the author of this book was indicating that cancers – are from uh, the toxins of the parasites. Well, that's interesting, you know. Um, So maybe that's why ivermectin has an effect. The frontline doctors, which you can go to their website, America's Frontline Doctors, you can actually call them up and you can get a prescription for ivermectin. And then it's kind of good luck in uh, trying to buy it. Uh,
0: oh,
1: guys. Yeah. Oh, man. You brought up a good point. Oh, my God.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, One of the biggest finish, Let me finish up. Yeah, let me finish up. But what I'm Go seeing, and I've watched some videos from doctors, um, the problem here is that ivermectin is so cheap. Uh, a new research out of Israel found that administering the antiparasitic drug ivermectin to Wuhan, Wuhan coronavirus patients They help to drastically reduce the duration of infections, and all for less than $1 a day. $1 a day. So you can't make, the big pharma cannot make money on ivermectin because after 1970 and approval, uh, some say 78, some say 87, when the FDA approved it, everybody and their brother is making it. And because it's not necessarily patented, you have the the free market forces of competition, which brings us down to a dollar a day, ten dollars. You got a ten-day regimen of ivermectin, cost you ten dollars. Big pharma is not going to be making money on this. So yeah, go ahead, Steve.
1: Uh, big secret, guys. Holistic doctors are certified for the, by the state, and they can prescribe medication to you. You reminded me of that. Holistic doctors. A lot of people do not know that they can prescribe medication to you that you can pick up from a at a pharmacy. You, you can just go to a Google search, type in holistic doctor, Google Maps hole find it on one of their websites and call them. But the state medical board can strip their license away. So this this probably won't last forever because I can imagine the state medical board is going to get involved and start stripping people's licenses away. If they prescribe too much ivermectin to the public, the state medical board can bring them up for review. And that's what happens to a lot of doctors that speak against the vaccine. The state medical board will bring them up to review and take their license away. That's how they keep the doctors and nurses from, from speaking, Bart, is, is they'll take their license away and take their licenses away. You know, they sat mm-hmm. in medical school all these years and they worked all this hard and they got a, all this student loan debt for the state medical board to call them up and, and, and strip them of their license because they hadn't made a comment about a vaccine. That's how they keep right. everybody in line. That's how they keep them all the in guys but yeah ivermectin man. the japanese they they treated 500 patients the chairman of the tokyo uh medical board approved ivermectin for the entire nation of japan they treated 500 people with it japan is definitely the top of the list of nations to move to they're super safe safer than the united states as far as crime is concerned um, japan's definitely in the top of the list of countries you, you can consider moving to They're very holistic. A lot of people in Japan do not trust vaccines at all. Period. Japan's on the top of the list.
4: How about that Marine last week that was uh, forced to resign because he dared to speak out against the Afghan debacle with the occupiers? Right. See, when you were telling me about how the doctors were either fired or forced to resign for speaking out against COVID. Uh, It reminded me of that Marine. Shame on those occupiers in chief. So, you know, it's like our free speech at the same time is no longer free speech. And all this Marine was doing was implementing his constitutional right and uh, they forced him to resign. So that is a travesty, um, especially someone who... Uh, was wearing the uniform to protect our country and our liberties. Uh, shame, shame on the left. Shame on the uh, occupiers in chief.
1: Banana Republic, Joe Biden. That's what you guys got right now. Banana Republic. Right, Joe right,
4: Biden. right. The, the the banana before the banana, right? Or is it the thing before the thing? I'm not sure.
1: Not sure, right?
4: I don't know. Maybe you, will man, to I, I, hope, I hope he I... <laughs>
1: I hope he slips and falls on a banana peel.
0: You never know.
4: But he won't need a banana banana peel. He just needs a
2: strong wind going up a flight of stairs.
4: Well, I was about to say, Steve, are you sure you didn't put that banana peel when he was going up the stairs of Air Force One that wasn't the banana peel that you accidentally had while you were riding with Joe Biden? Sure, Steve, no? You never in the Air Force one with Joe Biden, creepy Joe, no?
1: No, man, you've got to be a Luciferian Satanist to be associated with the left hand path.
4: I mean, you were doing it for the greater good. You put that banana peel there, you know. I mean, it's you know, actually gonna happen. I mean, you put a banana peel but there. there you
2: know. try, I kind of know. We're getting close to, getting close to closing uh, closing comment, and I'm gonna try one more time to see if the the, the Skype caller try to get in. As uh, facts so we could bring them in, we're getting close to closing
1: comments. So
2: you guys go ahead. I'll be in the green room for a moment.
1: Okay. And so, I, uh, guys, I got to give you one big unfortunate news point. There's multiple people saying multiple prophecies about an assassination of Donald Trump before 2024. I hope it doesn't come true. I hope it does not come true. And there's prophecies of Kamala Harris coming in and taking office. That Joe is going to step down because of the poll That's another prophecy that people people are talking about right now. And there's one that goes back to 1933 that there's going to be a woman that's going to be president in this country. Prophecy from William Branham. You can look him up. He was a prophet in Southern Indiana. 1933.
2: So, I want to ask you this, uh, Kamala, Dave, while we're at it. Um, yeah. Is, is of, of the prophecies that you, you, you could you read up a lot a lot of them. Do you know any of the prophecies that came through?
0: Let's see here.
1: Yeah, there's regarding the vaccine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Regarding the vaccine, yeah. You guys can look on it. It's called the master's the master's voice. Is the name of her YouTube channel you guys can take a look at her yeah she had a she had a vaccine prophecy that uh, that came true so um yeah but Kamala Harris is a big one too the people are tracking right now yeah and she's supposed to get in and do a little major damage massive damage that's the prophecy that Kamala's coming in to do major major damage Hope it doesn't come true, guys. I, I don't want America to be destroyed. Either. I'm just, I'm with you guys on that. I just like to go over these things just in case stuff start happening, then we'll know that okay, we're we're definitely headed down the wrong path. If stuff start happening, but but yeah, one of her big ones was the vaccine uh, mandates. That was one of her big ones.
0: Yeah.
4: All right. I guess the closing comments come to me. Yeah, so I we're
2: going to, to – uh, yeah, because yeah, unfortunately yeah, we've got um, – go ahead, Joseph, and then Kelly, and then uh, Steve, if you've got closing comments, and I'll have to close things out. Uh, next week we're going to have uh, Mark Hankel back on. Uh, we're going to be talking about imposerism and how that's uh, one of the real problems uh, happening here uh, in the United States and what we could do to uh, combat it. So I'm looking forward to having Mark back on the show. Uh, You know, he's come on talking about the uh, uh, polygamy advocacy, but this is going to be something different uh, that he's going to be coming on next week. So looking forward to that. Um, I still got all kinds of audio that I'd like to play at some point, but I guess um, I'm I'm extra busy on a couple things now because I'm I'm really getting involved with um, trying to stop these vaccine mandates locally. So I've been – Joined a couple groups and and working with them to get uh, education to people and speakers and things of that nature. So it's been pretty, pretty hectic. So hopefully other people will be working on that because I, I think it's it's come to the point where we got to really get this stuff uh, this done quick. Uh, but go ahead, Joseph, and then Kelly, and then if we got uh, some more time there uh, for your closing comments, Steve. Some more closing comments, Steve. Then I have to close things out. Go ahead, Joseph.
4: Yes, so uh, I am starting a a group called The Resistance Against the uh, Apocalypse Zombies. So uh, if anyone, (laughs) if if you want to join, um, this is to save humanity. Do I get a free AK-10? Yes, absolutely. This is to save humanity. I'm not just talking about the United States here. Now the whole world's at risk, okay? So uh, to recruit you, you need, to watch three required movies, Zombieland Land, 28 Days Later, and what was the third one that Kelly was saying? Jeez, I don't remember. What was the third one that Kelly was saying? Well, Kelly will be able to say it, but uh so please, please, please sign up. Uh I'll send a, a link to you, Robert, and uh we must defend humanity against the zombie apocalypse cuz I hear they may be coming next week to uh eat Mark. So uh, beware, okay? If I'm not on the show next week, I'm sending them off with my pitchforks. I really am. I am. Actually, I was going to watch a zombie apocalyptic movie tonight after the show, but why watch it? I could just see the real thing, you know, happen. So just be careful. Go right through a window. And those are my closing comments. Stay safe and uh, gofightthezombies.com, please. Go to (laughs) gofightthezombies.com. You'll, you'll, you'll be amazed. Thank you. Oh, oh, oh wait, wait. The movie was Austin Land. Austin Land. Yes. 28 Days Later, Austin Land. And uh, those are the three, three movies. I forgot the Austin Land. So, Kelly, uh, that's your homework. Oh, well, you've already done all the movies. So, if you want to join the resistance, you must watch those three movies. It's mandatory. Thank you. God bless you. And God save humanity. <laughs> Thank you very much, Joseph. And
2: uh, yeah, we just got about a couple minutes. Well, not even that. Uh, and then, I have to close things out. Go ahead, uh, Kelly.
3: Yeah, Zombie Land rules. Number one is cardio. When the virus struck, for obvious reasons, the first ones to go were the fatties. <laughs> Number two is the double tap. In those moments when you're not sure the undead are really dead, dead, don't get all stingy with your bullets. Uh, Beware of bathrooms, safety belts, travel light, a club. Rule number nine, a club does not have to be reloaded. (laughs) And uh, let's see, Ziploc bags are in here, sunscreen. Uh, (laughs) It's so funny, all these silly rules. Um, Anyway, so... Yeah, the world is kind of bizarre. I thought we'd be past this by now. Older's going to lock down for a short time. Oh, it's a little longer, just a little longer, just a little longer. It's so frustrating how much this is hurting our economy. I wish I had time to go into a study here on ivermectin. I don't. But it's by a doctor that he did. Uh, and there's a, here it is, Dr. Eddie Betterman's reporting about another study by Israel. Um. Why is it the corporations seem to have way too much power in America? Um, uh, where's the Sherman Antitrust Act? Where's the Justice Department? Why can't we do what other countries are doing? Ivermectin is safe and effective, less than a dollar a day, we could be over this and our economy could be back to thriving again. I don't know. Uh hey Joseph, I would encourage if I could, um Study the scriptures for yourself And see where the contradictions are I call it I call it God's love letter to a messed up world um, But I would encourage anybody To to read the scriptures And just see If God wanted a relationship with us He would have communicated somehow He really would have And that's why I believe in the scriptures But anyway So it's been an enjoyable show and I hope everybody stays healthy and happy. And I guess we're going to solve the world's problems again next week in our three-hour discussion. Um, <laughs> so I guess with that, enjoy you guys and uh, good night. Good night.
2: And I see that, yeah, so I am guessing we have to look at closing things out Um I appreciate everyone and their comments tonight coming to the show. Looking forward to seeing you next week. Uh, Be interesting to hear uh, what this new uh, six-prong approach that uh, the occupier-in-chief is going to have tomorrow, Comrade Biden. Uh, So we'll see about that. Of course, definitely, if you haven't already, and I know people on the show are are busy, whether you're a listener or whether you're part of our panel, is that these vaccine mandates are real. They're going to try to force this in, in, in the people, and we're going to have to fight them, you know, hopefully legislatively. That's going to be, of course, our first. So meet up with groups. Uh, reach out to your representatives. They'll reach out to your governors. who you could sign a bill if they have them. Uh, get together with groups uh, to try to stop these mandates. Help people to find exemptions if they're able to get out of, um, get out of taking them. Because I don't, I'm not a big Star Wars fan, but I guess we're the reason, <laughs> you know. Because um, uh, I, you know, it's it's just it's, it's just amazing me how quickly this has occurred. Again, I'll say it again: is I think the reason is is I think the election of, of President Trump really scared, frankly, scared the shit out of these people, uh, where they originally were, you know, pretty content into. Slowly taking control, uh, but I think once uh, President Trump was elected and maybe some of the other popul- uh, populist presidents um, that may have been elected throughout the world uh scared the hell out of the you know, hell as so they have to expedite uh, trying to get you know take control of the way that they are i think but and I'm thinking by I think they're expediting this by at least fifty to a hundred years I really do so now, now now's the time to fight. I mean I hope I don't get to uh, some of the uh, civil war like uh, aspects that we've uh, we've mentioned here on the show. Uh, hopefully we're able to do it through uh, just the people rising up uh, and, and doing things you know, legis- you know legislatively uh, and convincing people you know the powers that we're not going to stand for it. but well, let's hope that happens and, and let's hope we don't have a lot of zombies coming by and, and eating people. Um, because I I never liked zombie movies anyway, so I really don't want to. I really don't want to live it. <laughs> so that was a little tongue in cheek, folks. So. Uh, but anyway, thanks guys uh, for coming in. We'll see you next time. Uh, still working on to get some, you know, some more candidates. But I mean, after these mandates start coming up, especially for my old, mama, my old alma mater uh, in college, it's it's really it's really set me off. Uh, with the with these mandates, and now I've heard that you know, you know my sister-in-law, you know who's in the medical field, they're they're talking about, and this is in Florida, which shocks me. This happening in Florida, where they're talking about you know vaccine mandates there. Now she's in the healthcare field. Uh, that that kind of took a a shock. So it, it's it's making it real. You know, we've all heard that phrase. It's making it real, and so. If we're not doing it, if you're not doing anything out there already, again, if you're listening live or listening to the podcast, definitely find a group to get involved in, because we're all going to have to fight against these these vaccine mandates. Or we're all going to either lose our jobs or they're going to try to somehow uh, force this chemical inside us. And or I don't know, there's other thoughts I'm having that I really don't want to put live here on air. Anyway, well, we'll end tonight as I do every night, and that is with the song by Aubrey Ashburn. Uh, we will see everyone next week. Take care, and uh, feel free to reach out to me at the uh, Bard's Logic website, at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. You can go to the contact page and send me a message. I am working through some different messaging systems, so maybe a little bit before I can get back with you. They've got three different um, messaging systems working with. But take care, folks, though, and good night. you. Mm-hmm.